everybody and everything um so what i've been saying pretty much my theory for bitcoin for starters was that we'd head off to all-time high without really sort of much um you know much drama we went sideways for like most of february now and um Sort of BTC is picking up steam, 55k ish, something like that. All time high is like 69k approximately, and uh, there's basically a little bit of volume resistance at maybe 57 ish. But realistically, like once you get that close to all time high, uh, reaching all time high is such a given at that point that Bitcoin becomes an easy buy for people that want it. And of course, if it goes up, everything goes up, so we'll be fine. Um, like, relatively speaking, uh, BTC up like 5.6% so far, and Adam is up 6.5. So it kind of like, Adam moved a little bit more than some other things. And then um, I think Link's up 1.6% relative. Um, and uh, you have a lot of things that I think are just going to start mooning now um so from a btc perspective i think all-time high and beyond like you could you could theoretically get to 100k bitcoin by summer at this speed pretty readily um maybe by august end of year possibly but it doesn't take too much at this point for that to run and if that runs of course everything does and um we're in good shape um Let's see. Um, so sort of going down the list here. Um, Chainlink in particular, still an excellent buy here. Um, I had one of my colleagues, I recommended he swap all of his random shit in his Coinbase wallet from a few years ago to Chainlink for the write-up. Um, we'll see if he does that or not. But uh, basically, um, it's a pretty easy buy at this point with... Uh, Kind of a high probability move from here to all time high relatively quickly. So I'd say like hmm, a two and a half X for chain link to all time high. I'm still kind of looking for that to happen by mid April, um, which would be consistent with its prior run in terms of price velocity. The time it took for it to get from like five bucks to 53 bucks, about 308 days. For this time, for it to go from five bucks to three hundred eight again, I mean, I'm sorry, to all time high again, you know, right around three hundred eight days. Put it at mid April. Let's see how it goes. Um, but that would be a, a rational timing, April, May, to reach all time high for chain. The chain link would be like a two and a half x from here. 
still pretty good. Uh, that's just to get to all-time high. If it reaches it, all-time high break is, again, pretty much a given. It's crypto after all. Um, speculators will dive in at that point. Um, like it had a nice link had a nice pullback from almost 21, which is where the its fib level is right at 21.13, and it pulled back to about 17.50. Hopefully, some of you guys picked it up in the 17-ish range, which is a really decent place to add some. Uh, pretty easy buy there. This stuff is not rocket science, just like silly shit. Like basically, it's just an obvious one. Um, so pretty good bag for me there, and for Chainlink. Um, I would like to see it, uh, head to around anywhere between 145 to 230. Uh, there's some fib levels at those extensions. So two to three fib extensions, um, is feasible. Uh, one X, one fib extension would put it at a hundred and one dollar chain link, something like that. But uh, that'd, be, that'd be a pretty meager move, quite frankly, after this many years. Um, so I think like one, the 144 fib looks kind of interesting to me as a high probability move, just two extensions off the high. I think that's a pretty high likelihood in my view. So that's plenty of upside from here. Um, as far as timing of that, like, I don't know, uh, depends on your theory in this market, but if you're to just look at a typical bull market trajectory, just kind of like eyeball on the log scale, how long that takes. If we get to $240 chain link, you'd be talking about something like January, February, 2025. So pretty left shifted um, curve in terms of bull market if we do that. Now, there's other possibilities too. You could sort of like pause somewhere in the middle here and then go sideways for a long time. All sorts of possibilities there, but I, I don't believe um, there's heavy participation yet with random newbies yet. Definitely people from the previous market are here. Uh, there's plenty of evidence of that, but still Twitter spaces are pretty small. Like take today, for example, like this is a, a link titled space. There's only 26 people in here while the while crypto's running. So that tells you that um, we're very, very early still. Plenty of like, the, there's just no froth at all, in my opinion. Uh, you could get carried away by thinking there is because there was some meme coin shenanigans going on for a few months, but yeah, that's just all meaningless. Even those spaces had very few people in them, uh, technically speaking. You didn't have like a thousand plus people in Twitter spaces yet, or even like a chain link space, for example, as large of a coin it is, you'd expect like 500 plus people in a full bull market type euphoria or something like that. We're, and we're nowhere near that at this point. Um, so I think we're we're still very very early. It's it's really it's still a very good time to get into a lot of things. Um, let's see. Next down the list on my list of stuff that I have, yeah, Adam is up six point six percent. It kind of ran a bit more than BTC with this run, which is interesting. So Adam is showing strength relative. Um, its biggest fib level to break is like twelve dollars. We've been waiting for that fucking thing forever. Honestly, <laughs> like Adam is a a, a nuisance in this regard. Um, if it breaks there, I think like uh, breaking 15 and then heading to about $20, Adam would be rational um, if it finally makes its way with along with a bunch of altcoins. So that's something to consider. Now, if you own Adam, it's pretty much useful as a staking coin. It, like the inflationary yield is substantial enough that if you're not staking it, you ought not to be an Adam. 
because there's a lot easier things to gamble on that don't require staking. And um, staking is the only way to protect yourself from the inflation of that coin because then you benefit from the inflation instead of being uh, diluted, right? So staking coins really have to be staked to make them useful. Like, like if you don't stake staking coins, you might as well gamble something else because then you're um, there's plenty of stuff that you don't have to stake that will also go up in value but won't dilute you as much. Um, so something to consider. Um, what else? Uh, yeah, so like a, a probably a better tokenomic choice, uh, especially in Cosmos chains, is going to be something like Kujira. Uh, Kujira has no basically no inflation, so um, you know, being kind of more of a fixed supply coin can really help you in this regard. And then if you're talking about the Cosmos ecosystem, the other one that does not have inflation that is listed everywhere that one might consider might be Neutron, NTRN. It's already back up to like 175. You guys remember, like I predicted approximately, back when it was like 40 cents or so, I think when I first bought Neutron, I had estimated that it would run up like a whole bunch of FIB levels. Um, and my initial targets were like $1.93 and like $1.71. It actually hit that. It went to $1.94 and it went, and then now it's like, down at a fib level at 171 so it ran up a lot of extensions one two three four five six fib extensions um so absolute beast and it ran this much because it was listed everywhere at the very beginning using vc funds and market makers so they pumped the shit out of this thing essentially um and i think it could probably still run more um still relatively early market cap the only reason i bring this up is if you're sort of eyeing Cosmos coins, you're like, hey, what's got decent um, token distribution in terms of, um, you know, um, like I would say out of these, it would be Kujira is the better buy compared to Neutron. And the reason for that is that Neutron has a bunch of VC fuckers that are going to dump on you at some point, whereas Kujira does not. So like the benefit of that is it was like Kujira is like one of the most um, sort of base community chains that came out of the Terra wreck and it um not only has good DeFi products but its token distribution is rational so if you want to support a chain like that kuji is the one um it's actually had a decent pullback here its top was 558 it went all the way down to three dollars and it's now 409 so if you're looking for a reversal well that's it um and I think Kajira is one that I fully expect to reach like mm, maybe $35 or more. So 5 billion market cap plus would be a 10X from here. So I positioned um, my bag accordingly with the presumption of uh, like a 10X from here, which would uh, be pretty healthy move um, and, and, a, and a feasible move, like a rational move to get to that level. So something to consider on is Kuji. Um, Zephyr uh, looking good as well. Zephyr tends to do well if proof of work things are doing well. So of course, with Bitcoin doing well, it's just simply a matter of time before the proof of work dorks all sort of buy in. Uh, it is, uh, I just posted that its hash rate is consistently exceeding Monero now. We're at 2.6 gigahash per second with Monero down to 1.98. I think, you know, this basically replaces Monero to a large extent in terms of both uh, hash strength and in terms of uh, clearly has much more upside in terms of price appreciation. 
So um, uh, Zephyr's looking really, really solid. Um, I don't know how much cell pressure is there for, there is from the mining, which is relatively has been relatively easy. The hash rate picking up is making mining a bit harder. Um, the average amount of coins you can get per month is really going down as the hash rate rises. And I think people are hashing it because they expect price to pump. So the odds that people are jumping onto Zephyr protocol just to sell their coins for mining is like, I think the odds of that is low. Most people that are mining this are most likely doing it for upside and probably will huddle their coins for quite a bit higher market cap. I would suspect 1 billion plus MC. Um, that puts it at a healthy sort of like, mm, like over a 10x from here, of course. Um, because right now, based on the 3.1 million supply or something, we're at 80 million market cap. So, you know, think about what that means in terms of a billion plus market cap, which is, I think, very, very feasible, especially for a fair launch coin like this. Um, you, fair launch coins are just going to find buyers at dips. It's just that's just how it is um, because people feel it's a, a like a credible store of value and, you know, like <laughs> proof of work. Coins typically are, um, if if they get attention, uh, function as good good um, store of values. Um, its competitor, not competitor, but the the big sister or whatever, uh, Monero, um, is currently at two point four billion market cap. It dumped from one sixty dollars to a hundred with the recent Binance delisting of privacy tokens. Um, and it has not been delisted in the United States, like in Kraken and other places. So it's done fine. So from dumping to hundred, it's already back up to 131. I bought a little bag at 120, thinking that I could basically, uh, when, when Zephyr swap protocol comes out, maybe I'll LP it along with some Zephyr, some ZSD and let it sit there and ride for the fees. Um, but, uh, my Monero that I bought at uh, 120 is now at 131. So I'm like doing fine with a 10% gain so far. Um, I didn't pick it up exactly on the bottom because I didn't have my stupid Kraken account set up properly. So it took me a bit to get it. But uh, so I, my delay in having an exchange to get it on dragged a little bit. And I, and I completely forgot that it was actually fucking available on um, Mexi. I could have got it there actually, but whatever. Um, anyway, so there's that. Um, Let's see, what else do I have some position? I still have my uh, fetch AI perpetual position. So I have like a a running um, bet on that, that it's going to do a 10x from here uh, to from a 1 billion market cap to maybe like, a, you know, a ridiculous $10 billion market cap. And that put it at like a mm, couple of FIB extensions uh, past all-time high. All-time high is $1.20. Uh, going to about $10 Fed approximately would be my target and i'm going to let my perpetual run until then it's like a 3x perpetual on ox.fun that bruce and i set up the other day and uh, it'll get me a bunch of ox tokens which will be fun um otherwise like you know there's probably going to be ongoing ai narrative type behavior with this thing i don't have a whole bunch of it i'm just fucking around to be honest with you um like is that the thing i would buy right now the answer is no like Relative to uh, where the prices of everything is, if I wanted the higher up, highest upside, I think it's still Zephyr at the moment as far as like the the price we're at compared to retracement. So it went to 50, what is it, $3 or $52, and now it's at about 25 
Um, and um, I think a 5X off the top, like the 250 bucks is very rational. And uh, I think, you know, with price being 25 bucks right now, that's still a good 10X away in theory as far as possible upside. Um, also the fact that I can sell a convert a gigantic bag of it into ZSD without causing any slippage or crash in the market is a good, is a good thing. Um, Hello, Sefi. Hey, um, uh, let's see a couple of questions here. Um, people are asking about, um, let's see. Crypto John thinks link is $180 minimum. Wando thinks it's 777 bucks target. Um, like, yeah, it's, it's good to have moon boys with really, really high targets. It's really important. <laughs> like, it's like, that's a good thing. Um, because like, you know, people's expectations, the hype is what generates the top. It has nothing to do with the fundamentals. So the higher the moon boy you are, like the better it is for the overall <laughs> like top essentially. And it's also good for the hodlers too, because usually the retracement is based on the top. So it's like the next chain link dump will probably be 80% from the top. And so therefore the higher the top you get, the higher the new lows are as well. So um, the more people that dive into a coin, the more people that pump it, the better off it is. So the pump and dump cycle is imagine like you went through a bull market and your coin did not pump at all. Let's say it goes, you know, you have a coin that's worth $10 and it goes to 15 for the bull market. And then it goes back to, you know, 11 again. Guess what? Nobody's fucking buying that the next market bull market either. That's the problem. Uh, the way crypto works is you must have the most gigantic pump and bumps and dumps of all time. And only the teams and the, and the communities that can generate that will survive the next cycle. So if you want your coin to survive because you think it's great, you need to shield the living fuck out of it. That's how this system works. It's been that way since Bitcoin began. It's been that way since, in all of these speculative assets. Uh, lack of attention equals death. And you might as well have your bag go to zero because if you're, if you're not 10xing the season, whatever you bought, then you are doing it wrong. That's, that's all there is to it. Like everything you have should, you know, nominally 10x um, it, it, or, or you're in the wrong things because, um, th because if it doesn't, then like, what, do you, what are you here for exactly? You might as well own stocks or something. So with high, with high volatility comes benefits, but um, that only happens if you are tweeting, retweeting, making YouTube videos, making content, making funny ass memes, entertaining everybody. The community's not doing that. Exit the coin and fucking leave. That would be my so, advice. So, so you're saying my Bitcoin BSV bag is not going to moon? Yeah, your BSV bag, possibly not. Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, all the BSV retards are a whole nother brand of retards. So it's like you never know. But like, uh, take an example here. E-gold would be an example. It's like I've seen nothing out of that community in terms of like content, shilling, nothing. So. When it, when it went to like 70 bucks or something this season, I dumped it and I got rid of it. And I bought Zephyr, like, I don't know, five bucks or something. So like, and that's up 25X and, you know, E-Gold is at 60 bucks still. Um, not, it's not to say that it couldn't go up and it probably will, but um, it makes me nervous when the particular community is doing no actual uh, content creation. Um, yeah, the entire I, I heard you say yeah. some nasty things about them. I remember you're like, hey, these guys, <laughs> they're not no, saying anything. Well, I'm all <laughs> Well, what it was is I asked the question online. I'm like, uh, why should I hold my eagle bag? And I got no responses. So I dumped all of it. 
yeah, if you, whatever community you're in, if you're not supporting your coin, the supporting the people tweeting about it, whatever, liking their shit, commenting and creating engagement, then what you're doing, what you're saying is you want your bag to go to zero. You're an imbecile is what you're saying. Because really, like, that's what happens um, ultimately without attention. So you have to make max use of the Web2 infrastructure to pump your coin. That's how this works. If, you haven't, if you've been around crypto long enough, you know that the reason Bitcoin is where it is, is because we shield the shit out of it on every platform you can imagine. And everybody had their little niche and place that they, they, they pumped their, the thing. But it was absolutely uh, meme related how BTC went up. It, wasn't, it didn't go up for anything except that. If you're here back in like 2015, 16, 17 and all of that, like the entire thing was just straight memes. People would post Lambo shit and all sorts of stuff. Like it was epic. It was absolute epic how many memes were going on. And it was like, it wasn't like, oh, get it because it's the new store of value and all this other fuckery. Like the laser eyed people are just like not what made BTC come up to where it is. It's because we, it's like everybody shilled the living shit out of it, made funny memes and Lambos and all sorts of other bullshit. And yeah, it creates a big pump, but that's what creates the attention. And that attention is who buys the next few years during the next bear market. And then it pumps again. Uh, so you have to generate attention. Watch for the particular communities that generate attention. Um, you idiots at Kujira, I have your eye on. I have my eye on you. I will dump my fucking bags on you if you don't get to fucking shilling right now. I mean, I'm like, I'm gonna punish anyone that doesn't fucking shill their bags and dump my shit and then short it on top of that. Enough of this nonsense. I'm sick of the actual the the crypto retards all expecting someone else to pump their bags. Um, it's embarrassing. Crypto Twitter's crypto Twitter has gotten fucking lazy as far as I'm concerned. The entire bear market, everyone's sitting on their ass crying, you know, like, oh, my bags aren't going up or whatever. And like, you know, like everyone disappears during the bear market. This time around, I've been here two solid years this time. I'm going to dump my bags on all of you motherfuckers like you can't possibly imagine. I'm going to yeah, punish the, you to an extent talks about that you can't imagine. <laughs> Oh, that's the worst, right? Yeah, when, you, they come, when you see your bags drop 30%, yeah. you're like, ah, that was Sefi selling. Even my Bitcoin, I'm going to execute with absolute vengeance this time if people are fucking around. And that's a lot of money. Like to the point where like, like I, I, I'm, I'm tired of watching everyone just sit around waiting for other people to pump their shit, right? Like <laughs> if I can make tens of thousands of posts, so can you fucking get off your ass and go do it. That's it. Otherwise, I'm going to dump on your asses like you can't imagine. Um, so yeah, if you want a bull market to keep going and you want my bots to keep running and all the little different fucking social media bots I have running in the background, which I don't talk about, um, then you better get your shit together. Um, otherwise my Google ads are going to disappear <laughs> or whatever. And, uh, anyway, so the point is like, it's all of this goes up because we make it go up and we have always made it go up in the background. And we like crypto exists because the community has pushed this. Um, to where it is. And I, what I see now is a bunch of fucking laziness. It's actually quite, it's pretty bad. And now some of it could be like, there's also a factor in crypto Twitter and stuff with algorithms screw everybody these days. So there's a bit of that too. But at the same time, like the level of memeology these days has been just straight lazy, honestly. Like I've seen much better. Like for example, like I remember Chainlink 20, um, like back in 2020, the Chainlink community was just, just, really really hot with the memes all the way from reddit to the frog memes and all that shit they were really rocking um this time eh, okay but not great um and i remember btc back in like 2016 2017 was absolutely fire as far as like 
the sheer number of memes and postings and like fucking Lambo things and just just funny as hell. Like it was really, really entertaining. Um, but you want to see that happening with whatever coin you're in. You want to pe- see people pumping the living hell out of it because that attention is very expensive. And during a bull market when a lot of people can buy a lot of different shit, like getting that attention on your coin is really hard. That's just reality. And um, I think people need to sort of use their like web two presence to the max effect. And, and really people that like post a bunch of shit about their coin, they get a lot of followers for it too. Cause when it pumps, like you'll see a lot of people just follow your account and whatever. So it's when the price goes up that people tend to follow you quickly. It's kind of funny that way. You could post the entire bear market and get like, I don't know, a thousand followers. And then like during the bull market, it's like 10,000 people show up for some reason out of the blue. Um, it's really kind of funny. Um, anyway, but yeah, uh, I, I think I'm watching carefully, like, um, who is generating attention, who isn't. And, um, it's like, if people aren't doing their job, um, even devs too, like devs kind of, it's kind of plus or minus. They shouldn't post like devs shouldn't post like material related to, I would say like price action that just looks cheesy. Like it's fine for community to do that. Like, but for devs to do it, it doesn't work unless they do it on alt account or something. For devs, what I would recommend is basically they um, they talk about like as much as possible the benefits of their particular blockchain and, and why people should use it and put out tons of content from that perspective. Um, and uh, so that that's kind of like the most useful thing there. I wouldn't try to like, you don't want devs to be kind of like too shilly. It just makes things look a little bit worrisome. Like why are they trying to pump their bags so that they can dump on other people <laughs> is what it looks like. So. Um, yeah, devs need to be a bit more careful. But uh, even devs, like some of the, some of the blockchain communities, are putting just boring ass content out, and like not providing enough detail about the benefits of the platforms that they're using. And uh, very little is being posted in terms of strategy. Like you'll have DeFi platforms, and I remember like 2020, 2021, the big content stuff was like, and YouTube stuff was posting things about. You know, different DeFi positions, some positions that are interesting. Where where can you get good yields on things? Where can you get leverage on things? Blah blah blah, and uh, quite a bit of like educational spaces about that sort of thing, strategic shit. Um, I haven't seen that much of that this season. Um, so, if you don't have a lot of that content, the if you own like layer one blockchain coins, such as Kujira, and you don't see a lot of content regarding the the DeFi protocols, then that's going to impact how fast the TVL or total value locked increases. Because if people don't understand how something works, then you're not going to see people using it. Um, so people want to find like easy ways to make money or find the alpha where the the best juiciest yields or where the like lowest risk positions might be or whatever. And um, if they don't see that, um, they're not going to buy. And th- and this is one of the things why one of the reasons I'm not playing with too many layer ones this season. One of the reasons I picked Chainlink and Zephyr and stuff is these are things that will go up regardless of what kind of DeFi shenanigans are going on. And whereas the layer ones, like you're talking about like Kajira or Injective or whatever, if people get bored and there's nothing to do on those chains, then the attention is going to get diverted to other layer ones that have something to do. So the the, the trouble with layer ones is that... um, I don't know. I I just haven't seen for this season layer ones bother me because particularly DeFi layer ones bother me because I'm not seeing enough engagement of people interested in that material. 
I don't see a lot of people asking questions about like, oh, where can I get more yield on something? Where can I borrow off something? Where can I, whatever. I'm not seeing a whole lot of those questions at all, even amongst the crowd that's come into Twitter spaces. So that makes me nervous about like <laughs> the upside potential of a lot of layer ones. Um, Cause that was kind of the big popular thing. Remember like 2020, 2021, People are going crazy getting stuff on BNB chain and pancake swap and like fucking safe moon and all sorts of bullshit coins. But you don't see a lot of people like traversing as much DeFi landscape on Twitter spaces, at least. And um, that makes me wonder how popular those things are going to be this season compared to previous seasons. We'll see. We'll see. Um, just have, and maybe it's just like the market has to pick up a little bit more. Maybe BTC breaks all time high and people want to gamble a bit more. It's possible. But so far, I haven't seen like, a very very hot um, sort of DeFi environment. But the problem is there's a lot of variety this bull run, right? I mean, there really like is. A lot. Last last time it was like BSC, and then you had like Uniswap, and and yeah, well, yeah, Terra. Yeah, I mean, even Polygon didn't have a lot of TVL, and now it's Arbitrum and Optimism. And they're all sharing. This, it's difficult, you know. It's, it's yeah, there's good. a lot of there's a lot of community fragmentation too, because I'm sure those people are having their own Twitter spaces and stuff, and we probably don't fo- like not probably we don't follow enough people in all those ecosystems, so we don't really know what's going on. And um, there's yeah, it's easy to get siloed and assume not much is going on, but at the same time, it's their job to convince me to come use their shit. As far as I'm concerned, <laughs> like so if you have enough like if you have a proper social media presence in theory then you will have heard of these things at some point right so in terms of like why would you want to go play on avalanche right now for example and maybe there's great reasons to play on avalanche i'm not sure but um it would you would have to be convinced of this and right now like look at avalanche take it prior high was 147 dollars um avalanche is currently at $40. $40. So you would need um, about a 3x to reach its prior high. Um, it's not too, it's not too different in terms of its current price position relative to like, I don't know, Chainlink or anything else. And the thing about Chainlink is like, I don't need to have any sort of special DeFi projects um, or whatever built on it, you know, to make price number go up. So, like, you don't have to have a lot of great advertising execution except from the primary chain link team, and they're doing that. So that's why I'm happy with them. They're putting out content left and right. So whoever they have on comms is fucking awesome this time around. I haven't seen anything like it. I haven't seen any DeFi project do as much shit as Chainlink is now, as far as advertising, like putting out content, showing their YouTube shit, get Sergey Navrov on the fucking YouTube channel, and like really get some stuff going. Pretty impressive. I like it. Um, anyway, so yeah, like look for max, like maximum use of web two, like avenues for advertising, uh, for any chain that you're looking at for sure. I mean, tech wise, they've maxed a lot of things out already, right? Like Dimension or Celestia, their TPS is like crazy, right? It's like, I I don't even remember the figures, but it's like huge. And Mm. uh, it's just like, there's not much that we're waiting for it's like oh there's this coming up and this is coming up and this is going to be released it's all there right mm-hmm. so it's kind of boring 
because people you know you have to manage the expectations so if there's something you you're waiting for like the eth merge or some bullshit you know it's like mm-hmm. that's that's some event you can uh, like people are like yeah it's just it's like the halving right yeah three yep. weeks five weeks and people are like oh yeah it's gonna happen you know and then it's like well east, east denver east denver might be a reason why you know, when when these large conferences happen, there is a bit of like, you know, f- excitement and people start buying coins and things. So now yeah. will it will it dump probably. after the conference? Maybe, but you know, yeah, probably Coach had a good time. There. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so yeah, but you're right. You know, sometimes these conferences they have they have no effect, but. I think um, Ethereum is still, there's still a lot of money around ETH, right? just feels like it. It's like with Bitcoin Maxis, you know, they have a lot of money that they don't know what to use it for, mm-hmm. I guess. Mm. Yeah, BTC is at 54.6 now. So yeah, it's, looking, it's looking spicy, huh? I, it would I not didn't surprise expect me it to it, do. It would not surprise me if you got back to all-time high within like, Next month, like really yeah. quickly. It's easy. Pull. Yo, Sefi, that quote you gave was a banger, man. What's that? That uh, if your if your if your coin drops thirty percent, it's because Sefi dumped on you. <laughs> yeah, that's why no, I came up here with, to laugh it, at that. I'm talking about all the coins, the entire. Market. I know, I know. <laughs> no, but it's been getting, dark. It's, Sefi has entered the chat. <laughs> yeah, if I go dark on everybody, it's like Jesus Christ. The hodler in me is getting a little bit irritated. Maybe I'm getting old and ownery or some shit. Maybe that's what it is. No, I love it. But keep like, keep keep doing it because that was that was like a, the greatest Steffi speech I've ever heard. <laughs> because I'm like, what is going on around here? Like, like the amount of shilling we did for Bitcoin. I mean, honestly, it's just not like very few things compared to that. Maybe the Dogecoin crowd was probably the biggest, you know, the biggest, most hottest sort of, you know, shill cartel ever. I would say they did really great. Hats off to them for last season, for sure. <laughs> like, um, I faded them big time, um, and they did an amazing job at the end of the day. I made some good trades there, too. Like, I, there was a time when, like, Dogecoin pumped, and I, like, I pumped the thing a whole bunch. And then, because well, what happened was, is, like, a bunch of retards bought it, and then it went down. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to pump this thing. You motherfuckers all buy right now. I'm going to pump it, and then you sell it, and you're going to get out. So I actually helped out the Doge community back then in a brief like little flurry of silliness um it was really funny but i just you know you can go on a whole bunch of exchanges and buy all at once and pump the living shit out of the thing <laughs> like, just funny stuff like that but those th- those things are fun when like the, the market caps are lower and there's not as much liquidity depth now it's much harder to do that obviously but um it's just a good times anyway but yeah like i think um yeah d- like the thing that people have to like realize is that these things don't pump themselves either you do it or like pray to jesus that someone else does it for you and if your bags are big or whatever and you want number to go up i got news for you like you can make it go up i've been doing it for like a long time um it's simply a matter of like having the retard energy or the the autistic energy to do it but definitely if you're obsessed enough you can definitely make coins go up over time especially if you um like before I was on Twitter, um, other platforms were like had a bit less reach, but had a lot less bots and shit. 
So the thing is here, it's like, you don't even know if like maybe like nine tenths of your followers are just fake bullshit followers. Whereas in other places, like the, the follower counts are actually more, um, they're more organic and more real. And, um, you know, if you like, if you're posting for years and years at a time, the impact phone calls, I have to break here in a minute, but, um, it, it might cut me off. So just watch that. Um, no, but I was going to say, hey, up uh, and noob, if you want me to, like, if you have a moment, let me put you on co-host for a second in case something happens here. It doesn't kick off the entire damn room here. Um, but um, what was I saying? Um, you were talking about memeing Bitcoin on different um, platforms, oh, which yeah. I was going to ask you what platforms, because it, it, to be honest, like Twitter yeah, is awesome, like, but the bots do... They're, they get they get pretty tiring. They wear on you. Yeah, early early on, a lot of that was like Reddit, um, and um, later on, like it became more and more like uh, a, a bit more was like stock twits. I remember when stock twits had like I don't know like 10k Bitcoin followers. Now it must be like hundreds of thousands or something. I haven't checked lately, but like I remember um, we got a lot of lot of ticker ads on that one, like quite literally hundreds of thousands of new users um, and uh, used to participate on that one a lot more. I was told to move to Twitter because they're like, hey, your content's going to be much more well-received on Twitter. It's going to get a lot more reach. And I'm like, all right, fine. Yep. There goes the phone call. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I didn't hear it. Did you? Can you hear him anymore? No. Yeah, yeah. He's just uh, on the phone. I think he's, he's kind of on, on call duty or something. Yeah, for getting called into work. I was uh, thinking it was me for some reason. I was trying to go back and forth to see if my phone was messed up or something. No. He's still talking. He I showed him can't. as uh, still talking anyway. Yeah, it just cuts him up. I think it's just when, when you get a phone call and you're a host, you just like it mutes, mutes you, you know, so anyways. Yeah. How many rigs are you running what do you right have now to do? on Ceph? Oh, how many rigs am I running? I'm oh. running, um, let's see, probably like seven, I think. Seven rigs. But most of them are just PCs that I have. Yeah. Like I have a gaming rig that I run and then I have like a, a home theater rig that I use, you know, for movies and all that. And I run that on it. So there's a there's a couple so of them that are not really rigged. Hundred something, hundred something kilohash or something. Yeah, right, right around there. Mm, yeah, nice. But not 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 a lot, but not a little either. I think Sefi's back. Oh, here we go. Yeah, sorry about that. Like, I got a phone call from work, and then this thing kicked me off of Twitter again. No, no, um, no one died, right? No one died. No, no, I just okay, brain damage. Cool. Um, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> he's like anyway um where was i um no i was gonna say like you but you could do things like they're interesting like you can cross post on twitter plus stock twits simultaneously um it actually allows you to do that like if you're on stock twits you can actually like post something there and it'll post on twitter also simultaneously only problem with that is the hashtag symbols are different like i, I forget what stock twits was but i think it's a hashtag there and here it's like a dollar sign or some shit so the problem is you have to do two different types of tags for each one. 
So if you want to cross post, it's a little trickier. Um, so you can do that kind of thing. And, um, uh, but yeah, like just, uh, the other thing you can do is like, uh, technically you can do like automated things. Like for example, if you get like, you know, a chart type of thing or something and you automate it to where like you print, it creates like a, a screenshot every certain number of hours or some shit. And then you kind of post that automatically every 12 hours or something just creates content arbitrarily. So there's different way, different things you can do pretty much. But um, the other thing that Twitter has done differently is it used to be that if you, if you link to like YouTube or something, like let's say someone created some YouTube content about Zephyr protocol or whatever, um, you didn't get penalized for um, posting something that's on a different site. Now it's like if you, if you post something that directs someone away from Twitter, that like it downgrades and really reduces the reach of anybody's going to see that shit. So that's a problem. Um, links are not really well received here. So uh, what you got to do on Twitter is like uh, you really need to create like video content and post it separately on Twitter. Now, YouTube doesn't like it if you post the same shit to two different platforms. So if you create a YouTube content and you copy it and stick it on Twitter, then YouTube downgrades you. So it's like there's that problem. Um, so everyone wants their own like unique content production um, as far as the social media platforms are concerned. Um, they want to make it really hard for you to actually they, do work. <laughs> they all turn into little golems, right? Like, Something. Yeah, I don't know. But that, that's kind of what the deal is. So um, this season, though, I think um, Twitter is going to have more reach. Uh, th you know, Twitter became like one of the more commonly downloaded apps in the App Store. So it's become a lot more popular since Elon took it over um, lately. So I don't know how much increased user engagement there's going to be. But definitely long form video content on Twitter gets a lot of engagement. So if you're looking for ways to sort of advertise your particular um, chain protocol, NFT project, whatever the hell it is, you're going to get a lot more reach if you just create a video for Twitter specifically. I haven't done that sort of shit. I don't really do videos just because I don't like uh, I like staying mostly anonymous, but anyway, um, just some just some thoughts if people are sort of trying to pump their coin or whatever. But one thing's for sure, like when the market's going up, the coins that get the most shilled, like the ones that get the most tickers out there, the ones that people actually go and, you know, check them out. Those are the ones that um, are going to perform better for sure. So you got to do what you can. And it's it's easy to get like bored, like a few months will go by where, you know, a coin will pump, like take Zephyr, for example, it'll pump a whole bunch. And then, you know, the whole market will drag for three, four months. During that dragging period is when engagement's lower. So people post less shit, you know, and then it's a feedback loop of, oh, the price goes down because you, you're posting less and the price goes down even more. So if you want to sh like create a strong chart, you really have to go crazy posting um the lower the price goes it's like truly exponential is Steffi, I, have, I have a question i want you to know your opinion on uh one of the biggest shiller of all times elon musk mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. he basically i mean it's just amazing what he pulled in the last couple of months right okay mm -hmm. so he's building electric cars he's working on these robots now he's got uh Neuralink. I think your your kid's working there, right? He's got a internship or something. 
to implant this stuff into people's brains. Mm-hmm. And and now he just put up a satellite for direct, uh, the Chinese have one too, right? So you can basically just communicate directly from your cell phone to the satellite. It's like they put a cell phone tower in the sky, right? Um, it, it's just like if, if they really implement whatever crypto payment on a Twitter app, and I think he's prepared everything for that, right? Um, that's going to be such a big catalyst for the whole market. If he does that, I don't know if he, what do you think he will do? Will he pull that this bull market or not? Pull what? What do you mean? Yeah, just like uh, have Dogecoin payments on on Twitter integrated. Oh, or something, well, something like he got they got pay- payment licenses. Um, Money transmitter I, licenses. I think yeah, yeah transmit something in Nevada and some other places. So there's definitely some action going on there. He had implied that Doge would be part of it. And he likes to retweet that guy, like Doge designer, a lot. And so I, I feel like there's still an ongoing, like, good relationship with, like, the Doge community crowd and Elon for some reason. So he seems to be enamored by that group, and they seem to be enamored by Twitter. And the the Doge, like, some of the Doge, um, like, you know, and, and X related Twitter accounts really like, you know, suck up to Elon pretty good and whatnot. So I, I think maybe, um, yeah, I think if he's going to support any crypto, I think the odds that he'll support something like a BTC or Doge is fairly high. Um, you know, just as like a, even if it's just for a meme effect, like maybe it doesn't fucking do anything. No one uses it. Who knows? Right. But just for meme effect, he might do it. Should be which should be enough, honestly. Yeah, uh, cool. Yeah, go on with your plan about, or oh, let's say, explanation on how to shield the coins. You oh, just, anyway, like, anyway, no, but uh, I think all you got to do is like just, um, you know, like really just take information that you think is interesting. Sometimes it's like, uh, like you can find data driven stuff, like you know, hash rates, or you can find things like, um, the number of new wallets being created or whatever. People like to see all that kind of bullish, you know, whatever um, information, whatever chain it is. And, um, you know, you, you can kind of like post all those kinds of things. So there's different sites you can go to that have different alpha like that. And, you know, you can kind of like, um, so there's, there's places you can get, you can just screenshot content and post it. But, um, Anyway, but this is also partly something that the primary protocols should do some of. Like, the primary protocols will typically have a couple of things happening. One is uh, you're going to have um, you're, you're going to have people following them with bell notifications because, like, if you know if you want to hear something new about Zephyr Protocol that's coming out, you'd want to hear it from the team. So those kind of things tend to have more notifications on. So it's easier to reach a bigger audience because of the bell notification thing. So I think the primary team should try to post more content, even if it's repetitive content, even if it's like, you know, like just stuff about the protocol that people know already, but it allows the people that do follow that to then retweet it to their people. And the more retweets you get and the the more reach you get. The other thing too is just engagement. So like, if someone posts something about your chain, so you like, oh, someone posts something about Chainlink, the more like responses you get on that engagement, like like even if you say, oh, cool, awesome, you know, you just say something stupid, and then you just hit enter, 
then what will happen is um, the more engagement you get, the more reach that particular post gets. It's it's basically exponential. So if you get ten, you know, follow up posts, you know, on that particular thing, you get a lot more. If you get a hundred, it's way more. So you know it, you know, and and obviously like um, the larger an account is. Um, the less likely they may retweet other people's shit. And the reason why that happens is because it's going to downgrade your own posts. If you are like, you know, spreading the timeline of other people's stuff that you're retweeting. Does that make sense? So like if you're a smaller account, it does make sense to retweet larger accounts. If you're a very large account, it doesn't always make sense to retweet the small ones. I tend to do it because I think it's useful for the small accounts to get bigger. So like, organically grown small accounts that have like 1,000, 2,000 followers can sometimes be better than an account that has like 70,000 followers. Why? Because like my account is just full of bots and other garbage. Like there is no fucking way there's 75,000 people following me. There's no way. Just, just not, it's just not a thing at all. Like I know for sure when I see some of the followers follow, they're clearly bots and bullshit accounts for sure. So like the smaller accounts that have one, 2,000, 3,000 people, those are Bots don't latch on to many accounts. They just don't. So what happens is that those people are real followers. And so therefore, like if, you know, you know, one of you guys like posting about Chainlink and I happen to see it or whatever, I, you know, I will retweet it because I want the smaller accounts to get bigger. Um, you know, me having 70 more, you know, thousand more bots doesn't really help anything. Right. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like the smaller accounts are more useful in that respect. Um, Anyway, the other thing, too, is like in crypto, there's two ways to, to look at it. You could say, mm, I want to be an account that only focuses on one coin. Um, and if you do that, you tend to get a lot of followers because people want to pump their coin. And if you are only pumping content about that one thing, then you tend to get a lot of following quick and a lot of retweets and hearts and whatever. Um, if you talk about lots of different coins, that has a different effect. That effect is that maybe someone follows me for Chainlink, but then they say, ooh, look, Zephyr looks really cool. He thinks it's interesting. So you get that cross-pollination effect between communities, especially if, like, you know, the series of coins you're talking about are all within the same ecosystem. Like, let's say you're, you only focus on Kajira or whatever, then you will have, like, a, a community of people that are continuing to follow that particular um, line of thinking. So. Um, the the thing about like what I do, I tend to be a bit more neutral. I, I kind of post on all sorts of random stuff or I'm mo for me, it's mostly like a personal diary. Like I bought this and I like this, I'm shilling that, whatever it's for me. It's more like I do it because um, I try to stay with a, a bit of variety and sometimes I'll like cross post some stuff. Like if I buy XMR, I'll be like, Hey, XMR people check out Zeph also. So I tend to use that kind of methodology because if I'm, open to all chains, then developers and founders from all chains have no problem talking to me. If I want to ask them questions or if I want to go and like have them on a Twitter space, I tend to maintain a little bit of neutrality um, besides my, you know, my usual big bags or whatever in order to get more alpha from the community. So, cause if you're only in one thing, the problem is you don't hear about all the shit going on in all the different communities and you're going to miss out on like early chain launches whatever right like you want that early alpha um so that can be helpful um so I, I think there's different types of twitter accounts um you can do whatever 
But um, for most people, the simplest thing is probably to focus on one thing because it's going to be hard to spread yourself thin if you're like, you know, jumping all over the place. Um, certainly like the most obvious thing to do is like whatever bag you have, talk about that. <laughs> like, it's like, it doesn't make sense to talk about someone else's bag. Um, so yeah, I mean, create content and material for your thing is, is useful. Um, and, and repeatedly posting stuff about that one, that one type of thing helps. Um, there's also certain times that if you post, you get more engagement as well. Like mornings is typically more. So if you're going to post only one time a day, just post once and then like, that's it and then wait for a period of time. So like spreading them out helps. Um, sometimes I get retarded and I'm like, I just, I'm happy to be my computer. I have all my charts open. And I might post three different things in, in a row. And that's not good for engagement at all. Like that's, you know, good for my convenience, but it doesn't necessarily bring a lot of people um, to look at those things. So you, you tend to get very low engagement when you do that. But I, I just do it for some reason because it's just, I'm an idiot, I'm an idiot like that. I just feel like pushing buttons. I just do it. Um, but anyway. Um, up, did you ever buy the, did you ever get the XMR uh, capitulation dump, by the way? No, I missed it. I, I picked it up about 120. It's about 133 now. It's so climbing fast. It'd be interesting if it recovers all of its losses from the Binance delisting. Um, well, well, that's what I bought it for. I was hoping for that to happen. But anyway, um, XMR's chart's a perfect chart at this point. Um, and I think the delisting is positive, actually. It's easier to pump it without Binance. Binance is just a liquidity sink, essentially. If they had it on features, they, they always short it there, too. Like, I've noticed once you get a coins listing at Binance, you tend to have, it tends to cap sometimes the price action, or it makes it follow mm -hmm. BTC a lot more, too. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, with um, XMR, I believe they still have the futures open on Binance. They just removed the actual coin. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. That's interesting. It's probably just so that you can't self-custody it then? Was that the whole idea behind that? Yeah, the privacy part. The, the privacy part's the part, part they're concerned about, not so much the yeah. price action. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the trading part. Futures and whatever, they don't care. Exactly. So... Um, but yeah, I think like, anyway, uh, if people are coming in late, I do think the, the market's going to gig ascend. Um, just everything points to that at this point. BTC, I think, will hit all-time high fast, is my suspicion. Um, there's just no negative catalyst at this point. And, you know, stock market's sort of staying where it is. And all-time high is just approaching very quickly. And as that happens... As everybody knows, it's just simply a matter of a lag period between when that goes up and all the altcoins ex just explode. So, so long as BTC, then ETH, and the large cap stuff keep climbing, I mean, you're you're going to get a blowout of everything at some point. So, um, I do think like a lot of coins, any legit project from previous season that has a strong sort of like fundamentals, I think those things will retest highs um, by summer. Is my guesstimation. That's kind of what my operating thesis is for uh, for this. So you'll notice, like, even Chainlink as an example, um, or Zephyr, um, I bought more Link even at, like, around 1920, and I bought more at uh, even as low as 17 again. So little amounts, little amounts, because I already have a bunch from, like, an average of 12. But I figured, like, 
an all-time high retest, I can get a two and a half X or so, even if I buy now. So I'm like, let's just add a little bit. <laughs> so, you know, it's not for mega games, but it's, um, I don't know. It's, it's, uh, you can keep adding on the when way you, up, but small amount. When you, when you say a little amount, and I know I'm not asking you to share your actual like USD amount, but what percentage do you add on your like, oh, little? I mean, very little, mostly to satisfy my itch to buy something. Like, as in, like, got it. Percent. So it's like, just like, just like, yeah, like not even a percent, like just, just buy something so that you can, like you said, satisfy an itch of a thing. Yeah. I, like, yeah. I mean, it was like not even, you know, like, I don't know, maybe a hundredth or something of what I bought before. So if you're, here's the thing. Oh, that makes sense. Like, you got to be that careful. Answers the question. I was just wondering, like, how you, how you stack it when you, as it goes up, if you're, because I, I, I yeah, get that the, urge too, and, and that FOMO urge is like, if you for, satisfy it with just a tiny little buy, that's a good idea. Yeah, the, the warning would be like, in a, in a bull market, you can add on dips and stuff, um, especially early in the bull market, which I think we're still on the alt side, we're still early. But as you, as you go up, the problem is, is like, you know, you could basically really wreck your bag doing this because if you had a good position, like you had a cost basis of, let's say a chain link at 10 bucks or something. And now you're like doubling up how much you have at 20 because now you have FOMO. Then if price goes down, the, the buy you made at the bottom becomes almost irrelevant relative to the sizing. So your sizing should be the largest at the bottom. And really minuscule on the way up just to play around. Um, I, I think like in bull markets, dips are worth considering. So if you see uh, like a 20% dip, um, you know, anywhere between 10 to 40% dip, and you want to add a little bit, add a tiny amount, but scale in again. Do not just simply buy like, you know, the max amount right away. It's okay, we're down 10% from that, that recent high. I'm going to add you know, 10 bucks, and then, you know, like now I'm down a 20% from that recent high, I'm going to add 20 bucks I'm down 30%. I'm going to add 40 bucks. You can scale in like that. And you can, you can basically do a dynamic dollar cost average every single dip, but with very small amounts relative to your original position. And it basically adds to your bag. And, and if you feel like, okay, there's still like a two X left in this relatively quickly, um, you can do this. And the other thing you can do is you could take that amount that you added and you can also sell that amount when, when price doubles or whatever. So you could, you could trade that a little bit if you wanted to as well. So, um, uh, but be careful doing that because when you sell, it's usually these taxes are first in first out. So if you have a position that's already nice and comfy and it's already had a one year, um, it's already long-term capital gains. You certainly don't want to play around with it. Um, you know, you don't you don't want to play around selling your first bag uh, while you're adding another bag that is going to take another year to have you know, you know, long-term capital gains. So if you're paying taxes on things, there's certainly some concerns. Um, other tricks you can do would be like one thing I was considering doing up is that um, like on Ox.Fund, Fund they have a like a link perpetual, for example. One possibility I might look at is um, when we have an impulsive move of link, let's say it goes to like all-time high, $53. I could put in a perpetual short position to futures position, so it doesn't really affect the coin price at all. But I could do that at, the, at, at these local tops um, and basically make like little, you know, small gains. Um, you know, 20% here, 20% there. And the good thing about doing that is 
I don't actually affect my original tax lots at all, right? So that's one of the benefits of using a completely new position um, that's not called link officially. It's just whatever, you know, perpetual, and you could basically do that. Um, it's a now nice you can use a last in first out. You can't. Whatever you do, you should have do the same technique. Yeah, you have to just stick with all it. your tax lots. So I've yeah. already done five out. So, oh yeah, if you've already done a FIFO, then you guys stick to it. But yeah, I, I did FIFO, which is why I was first, first out. So that's why I, I just stick with it. But like, I don't know. I guess you could if you. But um, anyway, the thing is, you can also just use uh, a different position, like a futures position or something, if you want to, like, you know, short some local tops, or for that matter, if you want to take an extra long, another long position, but with a very small amount of money. So like, like one option I have, like for example, I recently. If I added like a thousand dollar link position, for example, um, at seventeen dollars, um, I could have taken that thousand and basically done a perpetual long position with a higher amount of leverage, and still have a very small position, but get a much higher upside for the amount of risk I'm taking. The downside would, would be, of course, that like maybe gets liquidated and goes to zero. But if I want to, like you know, if I really really feel bullish about something, that's an option I could I could take. Um, the, the only problem with that is you're not really hedging anything there. You're just basically doing the same degen stuff, but with a slightly different position if you do that. Um, but yeah, here we go. BTC 54.8 now. And it's like everything is just sort of steadily climbing with it. Um, is, this, so, is this it, Sethi? Is this it? Are we finally there? <laughs> this is it. Yes, we're finally there. broke a Fibonacci, 100%, it's a yeah. Fibonacci level. And I think that's part of this move right here. Have you been paying attention to those? Sets? Yeah. Yeah. No, I was mentioning that like BTC could run to 100K by, yeah, summer or even by yeah. August, something like that. I tend to agree with very, you. Very, it, very it could get very violent once it gets into the 60s here. M moves up to the upside is what I'm saying. Yeah. And that's because like the, the highest volume resistance is right at about 57, 59, 57-ish K, that zone. And we're reaching that like now, like it's 54.8 already. And, you know, like the number of people that legitimately bought BTC at 58, how much resistance is really there? Not much. Most people that would have sold, sold by now. So we're really talking about not a lot of resistance. So I think it just heads off. Like there's no FIB levels left, only the all-time high. And the next level up is 104, then 127, then 172. Um, like how high do we go? I don't know. I'm, maybe we're not run out of steam at 103 and have to drag at some point, retest 69 again. Something like that wouldn't be surprising, um, but uh, yeah, we'll just see. But but I think really, like once BTC has its another run, especially if it passes all time high, our alts are going to just absolutely just rip, right? Like you're going to have like serious multiples there, and I think we'll be fine. That, yeah, that's when you get the full uh, mainstream media. You know, it's talk getting talked about all the time, and I guess of I guess the the ETF numbers are. Looking very good right now because of the um, a lot the grayscale selling is going down in the the fidelity and the BlackRock um, accumulate. Is that what it was? Yeah. Was there some news today? Um, it's just the, the the numbers came in. I think some of the some of the Bitcoin guys were posting them, and then you saw the MicroStrategy uh, news. I think they bought three thousand more Bitcoin. Um, oh, I did not. Yeah. they bought more now. Yeah, uh, yeah. Sailor just posted it this morning, like around 9 a.m., and I think that helped help uh, trigger stuff a little bit. But 
Yeah. Was that OTC from the American government or was that just from the market? Yeah, I don't know where I don't know where where they're getting where MicroStrategy is getting this. But I think it was three thousand. Hold on, hold on a second. Now, MicroStrategy has a lot of BTC for collateral, and its liquidation point is quite low. And it's they survived like the recent bear market without getting liquidated or anything, and actually bought more at the bottom. So. MicroStrategy, as far as their BTC positions, in good yeah, position. Yeah, I put it up top. You can see the latest numbers right there. Yeah, it was three thousand K for one hundred fifty-five mil. I think they bought it over the last, you know, three weeks or so, or something like that. Yeah, sure. And, and like the number of BTC left in over-the-counter desks is really dropping fast. Like the number that's listed on exchanges is really just dropping like a rock. I think they said it's the lowest since twenty fifteen or something like that. So we're talking about. Um, the, the yeah. price squeeze, the it, squeeze it, could happen soon, right? If we're going to have a supply crunch um, or what we call it, like a supply shock, if there's such a thing, some people argue whether that's actual thing or not. But assuming that's a thing, like we are about to have one, if ever, because we have some of the lowest BTC on exchanges ever. So that's a good sign. And that, and that's not to say that like the smartest thing necessarily to do is buy PTC with that. It really isn't like your upside. I mean, even if BTC doubles from here, that's wonderful. But like, I don't know. Like, I bought a position of Zephyr at twelve dollars. It's already doubled. It's only been a few weeks. So like, what's like trying to get like multiples on BTC is something that you would do is if you're at scale. If you're buying billions worth, yeah, you're not buying. You know, you're not going to buy a, a, a like link for billions of dollars. You're going to buy BTC. So. You know, liquidity and depth matter for large accounts and stuff. But well, for the rest of us plebs. Hmm? Yeah, I wanted to ask you guys since since ups in here, like Caspa, what? How is? How do you think this BTC move is going to affect Caspa? I I haven't done my homework on Caspa. I've had a couple people talk to me about it, but um, um, let's look at let's look at the chart here a second. Let's see what it's doing. Um, I would think it would do well. Um, pretty much yeah, when proof of. It's when proof of work stuff much. goes up, it all goes up. Uh, it, let me see. It seems like it's had its move already over the last thirty days, but yeah. So it has a. It's got like. So I drew the fibs on this one quite a while back. Um, um I think I first heard about this when it was four cents, and I'm kind of like, damn, like. I'm looking at the wallets now. Like, what what kind of wallet should I get to hold this stuff? Crypto. <laughs> I just get no, the mobile wallet. Cryptographer, you know, was was basically like shilling this thing to us at like point zero zero four cents, and it's now at yeah. Like that was 6, the time to buy. I'm not. I'm, I don't hold any of the coin. I can't keep my bring myself to buy right now because I feel like the meat of the movie is gone. But you're talking to a cast hater too, so. I mean, if you ask somebody else, <laughs> well, that was on my cast fanboy. It's like going that. to top ten or top five. Like they they will tell you that it's going top five. So it depends. I mean, the hype in the community is there, a hundred percent. So will it pump? Probably. That's what no. I noticed. That's what I. It noticed. I guess my question is: Is it all hype, or like what don't you like about it? It doesn't do anything. It like there's literally like a hundred thousand or a hundred coins out there that do the same thing. Like it's a P to P coin. Like you send it from one person to the next. You can't have smart contracts on it. You can't do it. like the. First, like four months of the ledger is disappeared. Nobody knows where it went because they, they have problems with like pruning. Don't tell about autism at all. Like, you know, after that explanation, don't, don't bring autism ever into this chat. <laughs> We're not upset. 
no, we, meme coins are a different thing. It's fine. Anyway, uh, yeah. So, so Cass, you were never a big believer, pretty much, in that it was that important. No, but I was wrong about it. So that's like that's what I'm saying is is that I I I mean I I held it in the beginning and I sold like I held like I bought like a couple I mined a couple hundred bucks of it and I and I sold it for a couple of grand and thought oh I did great and then I missed the big meat of the move because I was a big like a real early person in it. But again, it didn't it didn't have too any of early, the things that normally the L ones do. Like it didn't have smart contracts or the and it had ledger issues with um with the printing and like a bunch of other issues where I just faded it. So yeah, I I might be so the wrong person like to ask. A- this is just a Litecoin clone, kind of, sort of. Yes, but it's it's a, it's definitely a better Litecoin. But that's what the issue is that Litecoin and Bitcoin already like they already are first movers in P 2 P payments. So, it, I mean, it can do what it can do what Litecoin and Bitcoin does w- way more faster and efficiently. Like the gas on it's super cheap. So the biggest issue, the biggest question is adoption, and it does have a lot of hype. So could it get adoption? Maybe the issue the issue that it has is the same issue that Bitcoin has too, where you have by the time all the um, emissions run out, which is in like five or six years or whatever it is, um, it has to completely like sustain itself through fees for all the miners. And since it's super cheap to send, I don't know how that's going to work. Like that's my fear with it. If long term, the good old proof of work conundrum when the emissions run out, right? Yeah, except for like uh, Zeph and like Monero, they have tail emissions, so that there's always something to pay for security. So there are there are proof of work models that are better than others, but yeah, that seems to be one of the the inherent um, cons of proof of work. The other thing is the other reason why Casper uh, is largely irrelevant is because like there is no there is no universe in which um, payments make sense without privacy. Like you'd have to have either a zk layer or something, but you have to have some privacy involved, otherwise you're never going to have mass adoption of anything. It's just pure fantasy. Like absolute fantasy, like yeah, is no what one, it is. No one wants their checkbook ledger out on the web, the internet, right? I mean, come on. Yeah, man. you'll get your children kidnapped and murdered, and you'll get murdered. So, like, it's not, it's no good. It's just not feasible at all. So, I don't, I don't see anything that had lacking privacy making it to any kind of mass adoption. It's all just hype and shit for the most part. This is why, like, to me, in one way, like, what I like about Chainlink specifically is, um, like, it has none of these concerns. Like, <laughs> the open parts of Chainlink are useful. It's it's useful no matter what. It's useful for privacy chains. It's useful for public chains. It's useful if there's, like, a KYC layer. It's useful if there isn't a KYC layer. It's good for randomness. It's good for oracles. It's, like, there's... It's good for TradFi, it's good for DeFi. It's like literally like the most widely usable system. You could argue whether or not Chainlink's um, token appreciation right now has anything to do with the actual utility. And that's, they're improving that considerably. But the, 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 like, this is why I don't, I, I have a bunch of it because I don't have to worry about anything with Chainlink. Well, I take that back. You know, the company and the team have to execute and create these products and, you know, do some business development and all that. but. Otherwise, I don't have any other risk factors. Yeah, Hillary, you're saying? Hillary, you there? I think you're muted, Hillary. Good evening, guys. Yeah, I'm here. Good evening, guys. Good evening. What's up? You have a question or comment or something? Um, Yeah, I have a question. I have a kind of uh, suggestion.
Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure what you just said. Um, I just posted something. I said, um, hello, guys. Yeah, do you have go, go ahead. We, yeah, we can hear you. Go ahead. Okay. Okay, thank you for having me. Uh, I wanted to ask about, you know, that. We, um, are we not talking about projects like the PIN and reward assets? I think, uh, to a large extent, they also have potential in the coming season because, um, their the narrative in the past two, or two to three months has been massive. So, and we are yet to enter the you know the boom market as it should be, and they are projects that are you know, bringing solutions to the blockchain to digesting. And they are they are they are being adopted by many. So I think like I think like you would have said Yeah, let me comment on that real quick. Um try to keep the question quick so we can keep moving. Now the so so deep in um so number one real world assets. The the largest um project doing real world assets is Chainlink basically number one. Um it's bigger than everybody else combined as far as RWA. Um, so that's why, like, that's another um, reason why that's a good one to consider. One sec. Um, so that's why Chainlink is kind of the one to consider there as far as, like, what they're doing implementations for oracles and connection of real-world assets. Uh, and real-world asset issuers can release their assets into the CCIP system um, now. It's actually fully functioning, you know, like... Their main net is going to be going on very soon, but the you can actually develop for it right now with a full in a fully functioning way. And some of the real world assets that have been released on Chainlink include things like um, Paxos Gold, which is basically a gold tokenization. Um, and pretty soon you'll have access to all of that stuff and any chain that has implemented CCIP. Uh, you know that's just one example. But basically, you'll be able to uh, issue lots of different real-world ass real assets. And with real-world assets, you have to have proof of reserves. You have to actually prove that you know, those assets exist. So RWA like, is a complicated process. And the only, in my view, the only credible system that can really do real-world assets well is one that also has um, an Oracle system built in. And guess what? Chainlink has the best Oracle system. So really like it's they're poised to dominate real world assets in a big way like pretty much beat everything else out there because they have the business development and they've been doing it for years and years new people that show up for rwa like the problem is is that you know how like anyone that wants to issue a real world asset like let's say for example i want to issue mm, platinum you know as a real world asset that i want to tokenize um i have to I want to reach the maximum number of possible buyers of that token I possibly can. The, you know, they because people that issue RWAs want to access liquidity. Where are you going to get that liquidity access? You know, on Ethereum, on Cosmos chains. It's certainly not going to be on like Injective or something, right? So you have to you have to deploy it on something with lots and lots of money flows. And um, the best way to do that would be in a system that is agnostic to all other chains, meaning if you connect to Chainlink CCIP and release your platinum token there, every chain can connect to CCIP and get access to your token just by connecting to CCIP, which is why that's going to be dominant. Um, this is where like Cosmos IBC will fail. Like there's no way for it to beat that. 
So the hub and spoke model for Cosmos is not going to be a great way to issue RWAs for sure. So this is my sort of like concern for Cosmos at this point is that um, any Cosmos chain of any significance probably has to also incorporate CCIP to be able to get real world assets and especially if stocks. Um, Chainlink's biggest thing is working on stocks and banking. So they're the ones most likely to issue at scale things like CBDCs from different countries and issue at scale things like um, stocks and tokenized stocks. So uh, all of these systems are going to be much more useful, like RWAs and whatnot, if they're issued into a system that can be incorporated into any blockchain. And that's where Chainlink comes in. Uh, the other question you had about DPIN, DPIN is like these kind of like decentralized you know, infrastructure types of things like, for example, a cash network or render or whatever, where you pay for, you know, various decentralized uh, systems um, like decentralized web services or cloud services like Flux Network and Akash or decentralized GPUs like render. Um, there's going to be a lot of these things, um, and quite a few of them emerged. And as far as like how strong of a quote unquote narrative is it, I don't know. But we do know that like Akash, for example, has been ripping. Uh, AKT has an all time high of like around eight fifty or something. It's now at about four sixty five and or four sixty six, and there's no more uh, fib levels left before all time high. So. I pointed out previously when when Akash was like a dollar and two dollars that it'll probably hit all time high again if this narrative sort of drives well and um, it not only can hit all time high but might go to ridiculous multiples like eight dollars I mean sorry twenty four dollars and and above um, the problem with deep pin type stuff is um, at some point like you're going to own this token and you're going to be a gigantic bag holder and the reason is because like none of these tokens are worth what their valuations are in terms of the token price. So yeah, with narrative, um, they're going to pump, but remember the value of those tokens is almost like 95% meme and 5% actual utility. So take an Akash, like take a render token, for example, if you're Walt Disney world and you want to buy like access to render GPUs and you buy at the top, the top of the market well guess what happens um the, the price bumps and now you can only buy like you know you know 50 of the um you can only buy like 50 of the rendering power that you could before like a week ago right like who's going to buy these tokens to actually use with, with them being volatile does that make sense so like the problem with these coins is that they'll run on narrative but just realize that when you have made a reasonable gain it's time to get out and buy back in much lower in a future bear market. If you try to try to time the top and think you're going to make it, um, be really careful. Take a cost, for example. Like, I mean, it was at 20 cents during the bear market. It is now at $4 and 11, you know, something, $4.65. So if you bought D-Pin coins at the bottom of the, the, the bear market or like before the AI excitement happened, you were absolutely, you know, killing it as far as um, outcome. If you are going and buying now, um, you do have some upside, I think, but at the same time, there's there comes a point where um, it's way too hot. And I would argue that, like, take Akash, for example, and some of these other ones, they're already way too hot in terms of the actual revenue produced by Akash, Flux Network, Render Network is minuscule compared to the market cap of the actual coin. 
and therefore like you know they're going to dump like epically at some point so what i what did i do i had a kosh and i had it you know run up to like i don't know i bought it like a dollar something average you know went up to like three dollars and something and finally i was like i don't know maybe it'll run maybe it won't but i sold my akash and i picked up um what did i get with that um i picked up a combination of um zephyr and kujira not because like akash couldn't keep running but because i felt like zephyr at that point was very very undervalued uh, relatively speaking and i don't have to worry about like a giga dump on it and the reason is because its market cap is not very big so if you look at Akash's market cap, you look at Render, whatever, their market caps are obscenely high relative to what they do. Now, having said that, that does not mean that they couldn't go up more. You know, always listen very carefully to what I'm saying. If I don't say something, don't read it into my words. Like, it doesn't mean it can't pump. It, everything can pump in a bull market. But I'm less nervous about um, certain coins as far as the price that I get into them. Because if I've already made like two X's and three X's or whatever on certain coins, I like to move into something that I think, you know, maybe doesn't have as much growth or maybe it does, but like the downside risk is mitigated already. So this is why like, you know, valuation wise, you know, um, like I think there's still a lot of upside left, for example, in Link and a whole lot of upside left in Zephyr. And so I tend to dump them into these things with the intention that like, I think the downside is now limited for both of them. Like, you know, I think Zephyr has put in a good bottom. Link has clearly put in a two-year bottom of like maybe $10 or something, and it's at 19 And like any money I put into there, like I'm not going to lose it essentially. I'm in good shape. Whereas with the D-pin stuff, if you, you know, there'll come a point if you, you and your friends are buying it, you'll buy too high. The narrative will be complete for some reason. <laughs> like people get bored of it and it will dump. Because here's the thing. A lot of these things have run pretty good for like during the AI season and all this shit. And maybe they continue to run. But if some new random narrative comes along and people get bored of the deep end narrative, then people are going to cycle from their, those things and dump them into something else. So um, when, the, when the musical chair stops and whatever, I don't know. Um, maybe it's not now. Maybe it's you know, a year from now. But just be aware of the deep end ones. That they, they, they're very, very overvalued for what they do. And that played out last season. Like if, you know, I, I got a cash as low as like, I don't remember, maybe like 50 cents or a dollar last season. It ran up to like $8 and something and then dumped back down to 20 cents, just to give you an idea of how much you're going to dump. Um, and I held it the entire time, by the way, um, a cash in particular. And I held it and like, and I, and I was able to sell in the green finally. But that was after like three years of holding it and whatever. So, um, so for someone who has round trips some defense stuff already, um, I would I would warn you about um, you'd want to sell at the appropriate time, and uh, and you certainly don't want to sell after you know like the very top. You know you, you're not going to be able to predict that. You know, pick a spot where you where you think it's time to sell and just get rid of it because um, they're not worth anywhere near what the the actual number is. That, that's a fair assessment, I think. Mayor, you, you, what do you think did about you that? that uh, did you see that Coinbase is getting ready to lift the Kasha? There probably is oh, a little they, bit of room okay. left well, in it to pump a little bit. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I think Akasha has room to run. In fact, I've still got like, my, my cousin has a pretty giant bag of that. So I'm very hopeful that it runs to like, you know, uh, he's, I, I, he's like, message me when it's time to sell. And I'm like, uh, I'll probably tell you to sell it like around. Probably around twenty four bucks. Why at twenty four? <laughs> Be 
why at 24? Because like that's the next Fib extension over, past the all-time high, which would be eight bucks. It would be absurdly valued at that point. By the way, it'd be very much a sell. <laughs> like you know, like, but I'll, I'll just keep watching it. And he's way in the green now, so like even if I'm wrong a bit, he'll be fine. So but, the listing news is why it's up 14 percent today. Is that and like there's really no resistance left to all-time high either. By the way, and BTC is up, so it's going to run. The listing news probably helped it, I'm sure, but yeah, um, but yeah, like it, it, it was going to run, like it was ready to go up almost anyway, and the listing news just basically just more wind in the sails, essentially. But yeah, I mean, Akash has been fundamentally parabolic since 2023, like January or something. <laughs> it's been pretty much kind of in like up only mode as far as parabolic expansions go. Yeah, and since they're doing the whole. Um... Well, the NVIDIA earnings report like that. Oh, right. That helped them yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah, because they're behind the whole, uh, oh, help me wrap my brain around it. Cloud. Um, cloud yeah, cloud computing. computing and also like cloud AI stuff and whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess the NVIDIA earnings was like they they overshot um, revenue by, t was it revenue or sales by 10%? I think it was sales. They had 10% more sales than what the estimates were, like, you know, billions and billions of dollars of sales. They're selling these chips like it's, you know, candy to these. And uh, their prediction for sales, they're like, let's just up it another 10% for Q2 prediction. And that's what NVIDIA just went crazy. So. I think that was yeah. part of it. Yeah, no, like for sure. Yeah. Like the, the, the AI hype. And the um, and all of that is definitely um, like driving these deep end type things. But um, yeah, but there's it's definitely one of these musical chairs things for sure. Like you know, like when it dumps, it'll dump a lot. Well, look, I just wrote it down. Don't sell Akash until twenty four. Okay, got it. <laughs> or just put like a yeah, set an alarm somewhere. Set like a post it note. So coin market cap or something it's hard to write them up that high though but they, it could actually do it you know oh yeah. yeah 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 no because if you think about it like let me see what's market cap on on it right now so it is um and remember it reached that market cap in the past so it's not like it hasn't done like eight million eight eight dollar mark um eight dollar in the past so like uh, that was last season but like let's look at it now it's um one bill yeah. just one bill right Hold up, let me see here. I think it was around a billion. Yeah, it's it's a one billion market cap right now. Um and um You're the right. circulating supply. Four X, four or five X, right? Yeah, there's still a lot of like extra supply overhang with the team and shit compared to what the um total supply is. But um I mean what the available circulating supply is, but um yeah, so if you if you do a um yeah, how, how many how many multiples is that like a 6x still? Yeah, to I'm 6 not, billion. I'll, I'll That's take feasible. a 4. I'll take a 4. It's very doable. Remember, it's a pretty illiquid <laughs> thing so far. Um and whatever price it's at now, the Coinbase listings sort of buoys that at this stage in the bull market. So if anything, it just brings in more people to buy at that point. Um, maybe you get a dip after the listing, and then maybe it runs. 
but um, sometimes that happens. There's like a little sell off after the listing because it was like a, some people just buy it on the news and sell. Um, yeah, and anyone listening, Akash Network is one of the, one of the older blockchains that what one of the early blockchains that used the, the Cosmos SDK. But right. Greg Greg Ayuri, some of the leadership on their um, team has some really good sound technology people and i think greg realized what you could really do with blockchain and actually put a good use to uk use case to a blockchain yeah that system was a lot harder to implement if you wanted to use cloud computing on there last season they with cloud most and stuff they really improved that um a lot this time so yeah um i think i told bruce to buy akasha like I don't know, like two bucks or something. So he's pretty happy right now at four dollars and forty. I think he just held on to his. He's writing it up basically, <laughs> so should do fine. But yeah, I think one fib extension past previous high would would put you at like twenty four bucks, which is about a six x from here, or let's say a five x. And five billion market cap is very doable, right? Like think about like how many things get to five billion market cap in 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 a bull market. It's a very very doable. It, it, all of this depends too, like um, how far BTC runs this season. If it has some kind of just absolutely breathtaking, you know, giga send, like BTC is at like 250K or some ridiculous number, right? Then everything's going to send in a way that you can po couldn't possibly imagine. So then you're going to really feel pissed if you sold early. The problem is if that doesn't happen, you're going to be feel, you're going to feel pissed that you got dumped on, right? Like it's a really tough thing, Mayor like deciding this and one could yeah. make the argument one could make the argument if you're early and you bought at the bear market this run you could make the argument in theory that you don't fumble the bag and just leave all your shit alone for about five years and be absolutely wealthy with that move right like you you wait not only through this market but the next bull market and you just let it run the entire time that's quite possibly a, a strategy in the sense that, like, you you would not miss necessarily some giga run for BTC. Yeah, Akash is in the top one hundred. It's around eighty. It's mid eighties, as far as on CoinGecko. So yeah, because I, I would remind everybody, like, the rationale for this is the ETF thing for BTC um, is like when ETFs got opened up for Bitcoin, and the BTC ETF became popular quicker than the gold ETFs did. Like yeah, BTC you just said, ETF just Seth, broke records. Seth, mm -hmm. you just said the BTC ETF. Yeah. <laughs> it's just as popular as the Bitcoin ETF. <laughs> yeah, you mean Bitcoin, gold? Whatever. Bitcoin ETF. So the Bitcoin ETFs have set records that beat the gold ETFs when they first okay. came. What's interesting about that is that gold did a 5X after, or something like that after the ETFs came out. It was like the biggest move for gold, I think, in gold's history. So the difference between BTC and gold is that um, BTC at this stage is already more scarce than gold in terms of you know, stock to flow. It's more scarce in terms of just fixed supply. So the supply shock could be just uh, astoundingly high. If all of the OTC BTC gets soaked up by these ETFs and everything just absolutely fucking giga sends. So the thing to not do this time would be to sort of fumble your bags, thinking, being in disbelief that like, oh, maybe my thing won't go up that much or whatever. 
I beg to differ. I think that things could go absolutely fucking crazy because of the the way the ETFs are looking now. I'm not sure I would have believed it necessarily three months ago, but just judging by how much flows have been coming to ETFs now and the record-breaking amounts of sort of cash flowing into them, um, it gives you a lot of room for um, like a lot of room for optimism. I would say. Cadillion, uh, are you going to say something? Have your hand up. It's working on a bridge to multiple. A little off topic, but I'm wondering if any of you have had a chance to look at Taraxa, Tara. It launched a while back. It's a block DAG on delegated proof of stake. So the first one, like Ethereum to Bitcoin, Terra is to Caspa. It's EVM solidity compatible. It has a faster BPS with anchor chain. It's an optimized asynchronous execution layer. You can copy paste dApps from Ethereum to Taro with ease. That's pretty huge if you understand how it can optimize Ethereum dApps with the tech. It's working on a bridge to multiple chains for DX listings. This? It's a 40 million market cap. What do you guys think? I, I think anything with EVM can do exactly the same thing. I think it's funny that all of these years, uh, Cadillionaire is still just like, is so important that we can't hear the voice of the actual person. Like, like you better be fucking important. Um, Cause I don't even know why you're so anonymous. <laughs> but that's fine. Oh, yeah, I said, um, Tara, no, I don't really know too much about it. Taraxa. Um, I know it's been around a bit. Um, like I think back in 2023 or something. Um, no, I take that back longer than that. It was back last bull market. So it was kind of released and did a bit of a pump and then kind of um, it's chart looking good like everything else. So um, it's recent pop um, and pullback look pretty good. looks very similar chart to Zephyr uh, in terms of just like pop and pullback. So not a bad entry position for it, but to, um, like, I don't know where you get this thing. Let's see. Uh, it launched it more recently. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, it's on KuCoin. It's on Next C. It's everywhere. I remember getting it last season on uh, KuCoin, I believe. But now it's probably easier to get on Next C since a lot of people have been booted from KuCoin. Yeah, Next C is probably the easiest place for people that like that sort of thing now. Anyway, but I guess it went from Ethereum to its own mainnet. So. Uh, reasons to be bullish, I suppose. I don't really know too much about it, so we shall see. Um, anyway, yeah, good, good, like little AI shill there, um, <laughs> or whatever uh, you use to make the little voice. It's funny. Um, By Zeph. Yes, indeed. I, I think everyone here can agree with that. <laughs> I mean, if you guys could crash the price just to 20 bucks, just once, so that I can make sure my flip works. What, what did, what did you You're telling me, Chugga, yes. that with after a big pullback like that, you were going to gamble yep. on trying to amplify your bag? Really? All right. In my defense, I was doing it as a little experiment. I thought I saw a pattern, and I only did 5.5 Z out of my bag. Just nothing. Let me tell you something. There are no patterns. <laughs> I, mm, the kind of is the same thing happens short, short on the term, same there day. are no patterns I'm going to tell you this I've been doing this forever there's nothing that you can hang your hat on that you're sure that's going to work so what oh, you no, 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 accept, no. accept 
if you have a big run, like you have something run, like let's say Zephyr runs from, you know, 20 bucks to 250 bucks or something, and you see a gigantic <laughs> giga run, yes, you could probably sell some and buy it back lower. So in swing trading is probably the easiest thing to do in crypto. If you're doing like day trading kind of ideas, man, it's like straight gambling. The no, no, it is. It's yeah. a straight gamble. I'll admit that. And it was it was only a small amount of the bag. It was nothing massive. But it was enough yeah. for me to go. I, I, I kind of I got a FOMO and I want to buy back in, but I don't want to buy back in at this price. As, as bad as it sounds, I know it's a discount still. I know it's still cheap, but I kind of want this pattern to work. <laughs> so, if it, yeah. I know you're saying there is no pattern, but it's done the same get, thing for three weeks. Yeah, but I think it will the, drop down again. The weekly, um, so if you pull up the weekly candles on, on Zephyr, um, second. really like yeah. this week, if we get back to about 30 bucks by um, Sunday or so, that'll be the makings of a really solid um, weekly candle and it'll probably just gigasend from there. So yeah. at these levels, the thing is, though, when you're getting close to an impulse move where you're going to like, you know, you might 5x off the previous high or something, it, it's not the time to gamble, in my opinion. Like the time to gamble no, no, would be like after you do a big run up. You'll know what that looks like, by the way. You're like, holy shit, my bag is going to infinity. That's when you can consider like selling some and then playing around is what I would do. Anyway, Turbo, well, you're going to say something? Yeah, I was trying to take a little bit of profit today, shock horror. Um, and I was trying to swap into ZSD, but the it just wouldn't sync. I wonder if anyone else is having any problems with the wallet. Um, yeah, it just takes a little bit to sync. Is the is the issue? Have you did you wait long enough? It just didn't bring back the moving average prices, so it wouldn't um, it wouldn't swap. Hmm. So I ended up yeah. sending some to Mexi, which is a bit worrying. Let me see what um, if I'm and having the block. The block height's different on the official node to all the others. I don't know if that means anything or not, but just interesting. What are you using? Are you using the, the web wallet or are you using the desktop wallet? I tried on my desktop wallet and on mobile. Well, the, I'm so try mine. It, it'll, they're, they're both probably pulling from different nodes. So um if both are not working then that's kind of weird but the, the the desktop wallet there might be if you're depending on like what you're what you're using like a mac or a pc there might be different instructions yeah. on how to sync i don't know if you but it's worked it's worked every time i've tried up until now it's just today it's stopped working so but it's odd i'm gonna yeah, sync. you my, could, you could, you could probably jump right on their now. discord too your discord you could probably jump on their discord too okay know, i'll have a chat with, with one of the nodes it said so on a Discord. There was an issue. Sometimes, yeah. okay, all right. Sometimes too, you can put a you can you can put a different node IP in there. Like there's, if you go to the the, I forgot what page it is, but there's a way to figure out like all the different RPC endpoints or the node endpoints. You can just throw a different one in there and try to sync to a different one. Yeah, I ended up doing that and it worked. I just I still couldn't swap, but it allowed me to send. So um, I'll try again tomorrow. And. And Mexi will take be. about, uh, I think it's like 45 minutes before it shows up. I think it shows up after confirmation, like 11. I think there's like 20 confirmations it needs, and it shows up. It's, it's going to take a while. So don't be scared, is what I'm saying. Like, it's going to take an yeah. hour before you see it as pending. I, I, I was sat there sweating for about 45 minutes. But it's fine. Okay, I'll check tomorrow. Thanks, guys. Yeah, yeah I'm, trying to, I'm trying to sync my wallet up, see if it works properly. Give it a minute here. It takes a second to sync. Um, but Dan, did you have a question, comment? 
Yes. Hi, everybody. Um, one question you said up front in your eyes, it's possible. I can't hear him. Can anybody else hear him? Can you hear me? I can hear him, Sefi. Oh, really? And Dan, I think your can you, can you hear me connection now? sort of wonky, or mine is one of the two. You can't. Maybe you can drop and come back real yeah. quick. Or you can relay the question if he can hear. He'll come back. Or I could feel. I could feel the question. Yeah, Bruce. What What is your question? Oh, maybe not. He left. Hmm. What's up, Bruce? Yep. Bruce can ask all answer all these questions for sure. I'm okay. Yeah, depressed as always. On the verge of suicide. Hmm. Girls will do that to you. By the way, Bruce, have you heard Cadillionaire's voice here? Uh, who? Here, right here, Cadillionaire. You know our little KDA friend, Otto Pepe. That's not Cadillionaire. It's another guy. Hmm. Yeah, I, I second that. It's not Cadillionaire. Cadillionaire is um, she left us. Did you think it was the he same? Did you think it was the same Guys, person? Can you hear me now? I don't know. I figured it might be. No. Cadillionaire doesn't speak. He does, he does cat sounds occasionally, but he he largely quit. No, uh, this Cadillionaire doesn't speak either. He used the like a little AI voice thing, like a Siri or something. No, that's not him. Different voice and everything. Hello, hello, everybody. Midas, real one second. Dan was trying to ask some kind of question. Let me get to him real quick. Yeah, Dan, you were going to say something. Go there. I hope you can hear me now. Yeah, you're good. Go ahead. Perfect. Uh, one question you said up front that in your eyes it's possible that we reach for Bitcoin price 100,000 by this summer. And if we calculate that the halving is somewhere in April and a normal bull run needs 9 to 12 months, what do you expect? What is the what prices we can reach for yeah, if we reach this early 100,000 in summer, uh, only short time after halving? What can we reach for the total market cap, uh, including and excluding Bitcoin in, uh, in, in this one? And do you believe we can we have still the nine to 12 months until we, we crash again? Or what is your expectation here? I recognize this guy. Thank you. That's not Danko. Pretty sure that's Danku. All right. Uh, well, Danku, um, you modified your accent a little bit, but let me see. Um, yeah, I think like the thing is the so with BTC, if it behaves like gold did after the ETF, um, and it does like a five X and such from here, um, then you know you're really talking about like two hundred fifty k BTC or some crazy number. Um, I think that's what a lot of people are sort of aiming for is like the crazy giga send finally for BTC is finally due. Um, and remember, season, you could, if it, if it doesn't, you can always come back for your refund with Uncle Sethi. Yes, refund for me. Um, but like last season, it Bitcoin underperformed. I would say like it only reached like seventy thousand, and that's with a whole bunch of leverage and garbage activity going on. So like the amount of adoption of BTC was not that great last cycle. In all seriousness, like it just was mediocre. And you could argue that like either one of two things was the case. Either one, uh, we should have like. You know, we didn't reach any of the targets that most modeling predicted of like 150k plus back then, and that was the problem. Or the the op the opposite problem was maybe the 20k peak in the previous cycle 
was bullshit because like it was just sort of too illiquid and it's just nonsense numbers in a pump, you know, giga pump. So that's possible. Like maybe the the twenty k number was just too silly um, back in twenty seventeen, and therefore the fact that we didn't get to one fifty in the follow up is just that like you know the 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 real value of BTC was only like sixty seven last sixty nine last season because that's what might represents maybe more true liquidity. And even that was like like a lot of leverage and stuff going on. Um, this time with the ETF thing with tons of money flowing in, which it seems like has been consistent. Um, and I don't know like if other countries and stuff like El Salvador this time, Argentina, we're ever going to do a little bit of this um, like Bitcoinization type concept. But um, with gold ETF, uh, you had a 5X after gold ETFs opened on the gold price. And remember, gold is a gigantic market around the planet. Um, so there's some precedent for this. And then the difference between gold and Bitcoin is that Bitcoin's a lot more scarce than gold. And the amount of supply is much, much more limited than gold. So if you believe kind of like stock to flow ideas and whatever about supply shocks and whatever, and the amount of BTC on exchanges is now at record lows for since like, I think it's going back as far as 2015 or something. So basically like, and you can pull up all this stuff on Glassnote, which is a pretty cool little analytics site, but you can't get much shit on there without the subscription. So just be aware of that. But anyway, it's a cool subscription to consider if you want this kind of like statistics and shit. But basically BTC, if it, does like the supply shock shit and goes to 250k all your altcoins are going to absolutely fucking go ape shit so like um like by ape shit meaning like you know just as much craziness as last bull market if not more um so really like this time the amount of like fud and like i don't know systemic risk for btc seems a lot less than it was last time um and you already sort of like wrecked grayscale and all these other retards uh, DCG and Genesis and whatever all have gotten their kind of, you know, butt kicked. And um, so it seems like there's a lot less maybe leverage in the system and stuff. Um, so, yeah, look, look, I mean, the, 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 I think the market's a lot more healthy this time around in many ways. And then in the alt space, the nice thing is like everything just got absolutely crushed and had a good like two year bear market consolidation. So, you know, seller exhaustion has sort of maxed out and um yeah, who knows? Like some people say, oh, it's going to like you'll have a run and then it'll just stop. And then other people like, well, you know, you could have a run and it keeps going for three years. Um, you know, it just depends. Like usually for all of the the retard energy to come back, it usually happens after you break all time high and then surpass it by a certain amount. And then what happens, everyone gets excited. It takes time to bring in all the newbies like you know, water cooler talk and people start convincing each other they're getting rich. So like they're, they're, they'll tell their friends and they'll tell their friends and everybody shows up late. Like it doesn't really matter what the market does. Human beings take a certain amount of time to generate that kind of virality. It's usually usually like a year, year and a half before like things sort of max out. Um, so I'd say like, like where does the quote unquote bull market even start? Was it like the bottom when BTC bot, you know, bottomed out at the very bottom. So therefore, like we've already been in a bull market for a year. I could argue that. I was buying that whole time. So it's like, it's possible. Um, is it that it starts what? At the break of all time high? Like wh what is your metric exactly? You have to kind of look at that. But um, we've already been kind of running up the market a bit in a lot of different coins. So um, yeah, but if BTC does complete craziness, then all your alts will just go absolutely berserk. Like, Berserk meaning like levels that would just boggle your mind. Like, you know, like, oh, look, you know, Chainlink is $500. And you're like, what in the holy fuck? 
or like, you know, oh, look, Zephyr is at $3 billion or $5 billion market cap. You're like, what in hell is going on here? So it's really tough to tell, though. Like, yeah, you, you come here for the refund if it doesn't go as high as you think it will go. Um, and Bruce will, and I will be willing to, like, share our autism tokens in exchange for your sorrow. And um, we'll see how it goes. But, uh, yeah, I, nobody really knows. But um, the ETF thing is unprecedented. So how euphoric to get, like, or like how to set your expectations for the top and whatever, there's just unprecedented. There's no way to really even do it. Um, so I think you just have to decide, like, whenever you're happy with your gains, sell your shit and get out. And if it keeps going up and it keeps going up and it keeps going up, that's just your, that's just how it goes. So how, however far your greed will take you, hold on till then. <laughs> like, that's it. <laughs> like, I don't know how else to do this. It's not, there's no way to know yeah, for good. sure. Good explanation. Thanks a lot. I only thought the nine to 12 months after the halving. Is this still an indicator what you are calculating in? Or do you think due to the fact that we have now the ETF and the presidential year? And yeah, it's the same like 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 every time because people always talk uh, this time it's different. You yeah, I mean, this, this time it is different in that there wasn't an ETF for BTC before. And there's an application by Franklin Financial for an ETF for Ethereum also. So it is different. It is, and in fact, it's been different every time. And the when it crashed and how it crashed and the extent that your shit crashes is different every time as well. Um, simple thing to look at is if your coin, whatever your coin is, if it's a cycle, like second cycle coin, like Chainlink for this, this time is going to be in its second big bull run cycle. You can expect wherever the top is, expect it to dump around 85% in a second cycle situation, um, 70 to 85%. Um, this is what Ethereum did. It dropped like 80% from its high. Bitcoin dropped maybe 70% from its high, something like that, right? So you can expect a giga dump in whatever the hell you own. Do we know when that's going to be? No. And, and that dump is from whatever new top that you form. So we don't really know that either. But those kinds of metrics are very common, and you can pretty much predict the, the depth of the dump by the market cap. So the bigger the market cap is, and the more cycles that have gone by, the less percentage drop from the top is what you can expect. And that's a simple way to, to, to look at all of this. Um, it's also a simple way to decide like how to pick up coins again. Next bear market. So one rational strategy you could take if you're if you want to do this and you have the patience is you say oh look i got a 5x or whatever on whatever coin i have you sell it you just sit there and let it sit and then take 10 percent of that and then dump it into the bear market next time after all the coins have dropped 80 to 90 percent and then you can make another multiple at that point where it's relatively risk-free because you're buying at the new bottoms again or whatever so there's different ways, to, there are different tactics to this, um, depending on how much patience and time you're willing to spend. It's kind of a good way to look at it. But one thing is for sure, like a lot of people will buy a lot of stuff, and including some of the shit that I bought, and you'll round trip the thing the entire time by sort of just holding it. So if you're fine with that and you're wait, willing to wait a couple of cycles, a, a good example of one that one might round trip this time is Chainlink. Why? Because a lot of the shit that they're implementing and a lot of the stuff like DTCC and Swift, those are about three years away, which would put them squarely, those implementations are squarely in the middle of like maybe a new bear market. 
And therefore, like, maybe, you know, Chainlink is one of the ones that performs better in next year's bear market and maybe doesn't drop as much as some of the other ones in next year's bear market. So if you own it now and you're like, hey, you know what? I want to wait until Chainlink goes to a thousand or something. Maybe you wait two cycles, this cycle and next, and just let it ride and don't try to play with it too much. That's another option. So anyway. Yeah, Bruce. Thanks a lot, sir. I'm back. Are you still answering the same fucking question? Yeah, it's finished now. Jesus. What did you go get a drink or something or what? I anticipated like a 10 minute answer. So I just went and like uh, did several work tasks, um, got a foot have, massage in my little, like I've got a foot dunker thing where I put my feet in and it massages them. Yeah. Well, um, it's and then, have like that little salt thing with the little vibration. No, nothing like that. Oh. Um, <clears throat> sent a few emails, uh, caught up with an old friend and um, also did some Sex consulting work for a protocol. Thanks for the and, um, But yeah, did I, did I miss anything or was it just you answering the same question? Yeah, it's just like how long are you going to hold your like something like a chain? Nice. Highly recommend if Sefi starts answering a question, just um, do something, like get something done. Yeah, you can probably like huge, walk a mile. There's a or huge win, There's a huge window of time where you can achieve things in life that can take you further, help you support your future family, um, open up new opportunities, make you look more beautiful, get a haircut or whatever. Like, highly recommend. Just, um, I mean, obviously, some things you answer Sefi that are worth listening to. Yeah, like maybe in terms of like is. Something. Is BTC go up or not? Like, definitely use that time to get something done to beautify yourself. Yeah, that that was super advisable. Yeah, very good advice. Because the, at the end of every conversation, will be like, I don't fucking know anyway, right? So like, like I could do like a one minute monologue and then tell you I don't fucking know, or do like a ten minute. Well, one and still say I don't fucking know. Sometimes you you go on a long big talk. But yeah. then what they're really feeling emotionally when, you, when you're doing all this talking is like, this man is guaranteeing the price will go to, to 50K. Exactly. <laughs> doesn't matter what I say. This man, it's emotional. It's very emotional. It's like, do you, it's like there are words used and the words might seem somewhat rational some of the time, but it's like, at heart, it's like, do you guarantee me Bitcoin go up to 500K by end of year? Mm, I, I will accept by end of year. I, it's like that lung thing. That's I, exactly mm, what it is. I don't. I don't need. Uh, I don't need one dollar lung, but I will accept not point one. That's all. I will be humble. I will. Uh, I will be modest. I will accept only not point one. It's I'm the not same greedy. thing. Same thing. It's all the same. Yeah, I'm not greedy. I don't expect so, like, God to give me Here's my advice greedy. to you, Safi. Um, don't promise anyone a price unless you're willing for them to kill you if it doesn't happen. Yep. That's a reasonable advice. But that's also why I stay anonymous on this thing and hide behind like VPN layers and whatnot. In, in future, there's going to be like a, an automatic... Uh, court case function where who was the guy who asked the question dan x right so dan x is going to log on to a protocol and he's going to say can i pay um like 10 chain link to initiate a court case against Cephi? and immediately ai agents which are paid for the cpu time is going to be paid for by him by converting the chain link to whatever currency you, like it's going it's, to be on, it's going to be running on a cash or something listen it's going to mine yeah. all of your spaces for all appropriate evidence including this answer you just gave and then it's going to sue you in every court in every world not in every world in every country like every jurisdiction you're in it's also going to dox you like very quickly 
it's going to triangulate your voice and find out exactly who you are by it's comparing gonna, it to all formulate YouTube videos. Those, it's going to formulate those lawsuits in the form of each individual country's language and everything. Every, like, everything. It's going to do everything. everything. And it, it also, like some portion of that um, cost is going to be dedicated to AI agents that triangulate your voice by comparing it to millions of YouTube videos and finding maybe the lectures you've given or something like that. It's, it's going to do it instantly. So I wouldn't treat these like Q and A's lightly. This yeah. guy, if he has a motive to blame you, he will spend a thousand dollars to do so to execute you in every especially, court, court. Especially because I have like robots connected to all these systems. And if you attempt to do this to me, I will have them hunt you down and uh, kill you with small, uh, like poisonous darts and whatnot. Well, I mean, uh, he's going to be able to sue you anonymous. I think you're, yeah. I don't know, like, I'd be careful. I reckon I'm going to get anonymous too. I'm kind of serious. I think these will, these things will get legitimately incredibly easy to take legal action or whatever. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. No, I, I agree. The, the cost of, of legal action is going to go down exponentially. The cost of finding out who someone is is going to go down exponentially. The, the cost of being an, a severe annoyance to the person who you hate is going to go down exponentially. And I mean, all the systems already exist for that. I don't know if you guys ever seen that app that you just put somebody's face and it detects like all the pictures that you ever posted on the web. Even if you if the picture that you sent was kind of like blurry or whatever, it just starts giving out all the results, your Facebook pages, your Twitter accounts, everything. And then you have um, last year, um, some AI companies started like doing these bots. AI bots that will uh, automatically uh, like create possible lock, not lawsuits right now, because uh, the law doesn't allow you for that, but it allows you to create like the different submissions uh, automatically. So you can fight any kind of like a stupid case that you have. Say for example, that you don't like the, or you were billed automatically by some company and you just want to get rid out of that company. It will just create all the lost stuff for you and submit it. And then it kind of, you know, in a couple of years, we're definitely going to see what uh, Bruce is suggesting. Like the whole audio thing, it will be able to recognize you from different. And, and even if you're talking in different languages, right? So like my main language is not English, but my voice has like certain signature to it. And it will be able... Uh, very possible for it to just like take my voice, put it into Spanish or French or whatever. Mm -hmm. it's, it's my language and we'll just find my stuff, you know? So it's yeah. happened a few times. They have um, like uh, voice similarity things. There was a, a guy recently, a guy called, I think his Twitter accounts like Beth Jesus or something, some accelerationist guy who was identified based on a voice clip. Um, and it was compared to like loads of YouTube videos or whatever. <laughs> they just like gave gave like a 99.999% proximity match and then published it and said it was him and then he came out and fessed it up um but yeah it's going to be super easy to find people i thought doing this british accent would give me some level of protection now i realize it won't yeah it won't last long the robots know quickly we have really said too much quite frankly I think it was over for you a long time ago, Sefi. Oh, yeah. Terror Space's archive. For sure. He goes on archiving. Yep, yep. All of these are archived, so 
and they go on like podcasts and Apple and whatever cloud. And I don't know what, like these things go. Ter- just a, a data vault. Ben puts this everywhere. So Jesus, it's every, you know, who knows? You lit, like I looked it up before. You literally have 680 spaces recorded. Wow. 680. Really? You have like a thousand plus hours of spaces. Now, do you think that might be enough data to find you? Just, uh, uh, just, do you think that might be enough? Should we by now have like some kind of international show? Like, like, why do we do this with like, uh, like no purpose? We like we're just like goofing off on the internet. It's really funny. We like we could be like. I mean, it's the, better though that we goof off. Joe Rogan of crypto or some bullshit. I'm sure. It gets weird when you put too much structure in it, though. It doesn't feel like it's like it's organic or real anymore. Yeah, that's true. Like, oh, announcing the news and whatever. You know, it's like I don't know. Yeah, you're right. It's like being a bankless or something. It's just boring. Exactly. Or that scrub radio or whatever the other trash like spaces are for this space or for this uh, industry. I mean, yep. at the rate at the rate that you're going, Sefi, you're probably gonna be like the Joe Rogan of the crypto space. I hope not. We'll and see. they're gonna find you. Yeah, I noticed like one thing uh, for sure is the uh, like the 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 like follower accounts on this thing just definitely climb a lot more during bull market times. And I don't really try very hard, so I'm not. I haven't increased very much, like I think like five, six thousand or something in the course of like this last year or two. It's pretty slow. Um, haven't really pushed it. Bruce does a lot more like uh, like interesting shit to get followers and whatnot. What do you have, like a hundred million? Like you had a million yet or what? Like not quite. No, I don't. I don't pursue followers. Um, I mainly just post things, either things that amuse me or sometimes like philosophical things. That's it. Yeah. If I was the, going for like the people like the content. Yeah, everyone likes I, the content. No, not really. I think mostly my followers are like crypto retards. Like if yeah. I like probably what they want is me to hardcore shill or do like really dumb shit. Like I think I'm taking the the opposite approach to follower growth right now. Like I'm not <laughs> I'm not like wired that way. Um it's a, yeah, it's different. But it, I th- I think you do hit a certain number of followers where it just keeps going up because um I mean, I, I guess like through your interactions or people listen to your spaces or um, simply they see you have a lot of followers already. So they assume you're saying something worth listening to. And that's enough. That's enough. Yeah. There's something weird about that. It's kind of like a, like a, I don't know, the number just has like this automatic verification for people. Well, I mean, it's like, it's like anything, right? It's like, um, which guy uh, are a group of girls attracted to? The main criteria is are other girls looking at him? True, true that. I was seeing a video early in the morning where some guys started to create this social experiment. They went to um, like a mall or something. And uh, I'm not sure if they hire some people to ask them for autographs, but they had like a couple of people asking them for uh, autographs, especially girls. And suddenly they had like, uh, a huge amount of people uh, and girls, especially asking that guy for photos, for autographs, and the guards at the mall had to escort him out. And that was funny. Like, you don't really need a lot of people for you to start creating this kind of traction. 
And it reminded me to some story about the Beatles, like back in the days. I'm not sure if this story is surreal or not, but I, like back in the days uh, when I was in music school, um, they told me this story that the manager of the Beatles used to hire girls to just faint whenever they saw the Beatles in America. And he will take photographs of that and send that to the major newspapers. And that kind of just like snowballed. So I think it's definitely possible to do that stuff. Like you just hire a couple of actors, ask them to ask you for your autograph and start, you know, like a this snowball effect, like really quick. Have you tried to do that, Bruce? That will be uh, fun, you know? Well, I think the best people can do it naturally. So I don't know. I'm not a fan of faking anything. However, when real things happen, I'm often accused of them being fake, which is interesting too. Yeah, most of the stuff you're... Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of stuff you've said that is quite true that uh, was perceived as fake and vice versa. Um, I have an interesting thing where it's like I, like, I like kind of inverting things, as in like a lot of the stories I tell are absolutely true. And a lot of the things I did in the past are absolutely true. Like I did actually live as a monk and all this stuff. But but it, it gets um, processed through a filter of like, that's bullshit. This guy is a fantasist. That guy's whatever. And then I'll say the most absurd shit and it'll just be believed, which is kind of interesting. It's like inverted. Um, or another example is like, in the past, I've frequently been accused of running lots of different accounts and like interacting with myself and stuff. I've never had a single other account ever. Like I, I wouldn't even find that fun, let alone find the time to do it. Um, the it's the kind ass, of honestly. Yeah, yeah, like it, it just it it strikes me as like entirely boring. Like, what am I going to do? Do a pantomime of talking to myself, like some fucking loser. Um, and it's especially funny when it's like the accusations of my alts are pointed at like real girls, like like Natasha and other people. It's like that's you, <laughs> but then they come on a space and speak, and they're real women. It's kind of funny. Mm. So I don't know. It's like um, people don't really have an accurate perception of anything. You, you have to let go of it as well. Like you have to let go of um, being seen accurately on the net and just shift into a mode of play or whatever. Oh, Eddie, how are you doing? Any comments, thoughts on life? No, I've just been taking a break from spaces since uh, Voyager wrecked me, but I'm trying to get back into it. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. <sighs> I think a lot of people did that. I was talking to a colleague of mine and he's like, yeah, after Terra and Voyager and I, like, you know, my wife told me only buy real estate. Don't go buy uh, crypto ever again. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, you listen to the, the wife. The thing is like during the bear market, the money is so easy. Like it's like you can throw a dart at a dartboard with very little money and like make out like a bandit compared to what you did last season, which is like if you come in late or in the middle or whatever. Um, the multiples are just obnoxious already. Um, and that's, that's the problem. Every bear market, this happens. And usually what happens is it's not until the next bear market, you're like, oh shit, I did that on the previous bear market. And then you'll be like, okay, I get it now. <laughs> like, you know, it's not really all going to zero. And right. Yeah. So that, that, that max pain event of like, if you've had a big loss or something like that, then it's like, mm, it's hard to get back on the saddle again, I think for people. Yeah. My workaround was taking payment in Bitcoin this year. So. My wife doesn't know 
but I went straight DGen and just took all my payments in it. Your payments for like work, or you like you mean like your your in, your salary or something? No, I uh, I have two businesses, and one of them I just took all in Bitcoin this year, and it's been awesome because I'm I got my average to about twenty eight to thirty, so I'm killing it right now. Yeah, nice, 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 nice. Yeah, that's a pretty good strategy. Sounds good. Especially if you buy, like, if you do that at the bottom, right? Like, where it actually has a store of value function. Yeah, I'm just going to hold on to it until forever, I guess. That's what I've learned. Yeah. Don't sell. Don't, don't yeah. sell. Yeah, you, you, you're, you're thinking, like, what? Like, um, don't touch for the next, what, 10 years or something? Yeah, that's kind of my game plan is don't touch for 10 years and see how it goes. Alts yeah. and everything. Yeah, yeah. No, I think like you, pretty much everything, you could take that role and probably do better than most people. Um, you'd probably beat 95% of people in all seriousness, like by just not messing with it. Right. And you take it's, your capital gains on top of that, like you're going to get wrecked if you do start harvesting. Yeah. If you've got some quality things um, and, and you just ride them, uh, yeah, you just like, you probably don't have to pay that much attention to them either. Not a bad idea. I think most people that have done well in stocks and crypto and shit, like my biggest. My biggest uh, like gains overall over the last years was like pretty much the stuff that I just left alone. To to be quite serious, like I you know trading and stuff is fun here and there if it's like some garbage that you just like gambling a little bit. But um, but yeah, the the conviction stuff holding on to it can help. Um, conviction stuff can also send something to zero too. That's the thing. So you have to be comfortable with some positions that are fine to go to zero. But it's all right. Yeah, and I got into some liquidity farms, and man, that really, that was really awesome. Oh, you're back to doing LPs and stuff? I try to stay out of that stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's pretty chaotic, but so I started off with 7,000 Harmony 1 tokens, and now I'm up to almost 284,000, so I hope Harmony takes off. <laughs> <laughs> okay, nice. Enjoy the ride. You got you got sucked back into the harmony system, huh? Wow. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a hundred million dollar hole, so I'm not I'm not open too much on it. Harmony's like where like DeFi kingdoms and like that bridge hack and all that shit happened. Oh yeah, yeah. So they had they had a rough time. Rough. For sure. Yeah. No, it's still rough. Yeah. I, I bought in it, a lot of them at seven cents, and I'm like, oh, this would be awesome. They went to thirty four, and I'm like, I want to be a millionaire. And then I went to point zero zero seven. I'm like, oh, okay. There goes that dream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Logan is lurking down there. I'm not sure what he's doing lately. Uh, by the way, if anyone wants to come up and hang out and just chit chat, something, you have anything interesting to say, funny to say, especially. We want I'm, to hear. A, I'm a humble, I'm a humble hall monitor. Yeah, I'm below the yeah. co-host. Just keeping an eye on the, the people here. Your people watching. Yeah, I'm just making sure everything's in order. You know, making sure everyone gets to class on time. But yeah, if anyone wants to come up and and ask me anything, like how to get goals or whatever, feel free. Did you did you uh, decide if you're going to do more voice or uh, long long form t tweets yet? Or how your poll came um, out? I believe Kareem is single. By the way, before we go too far off the beaten path. So he always will be. It's kind of sad. Get back. Kind of sad that um, AI can do everything now. Like I thought, voice AI would come a bit later. 
Hey, Midas, what are you laughing at over there? I think you're in the same boat. Me. No, I'm happily married. Cap. That's Cap. That's Cap Midas. Can you hear me okay, by the way, Sophie? Yeah, you're good. Sound great. Coach, yeah. So tell us more about getting girls. I think is well, where we're trying to take this. Well, where are you now? Like, what have your last attempts been? Um, well, hmm, there has been no attempts. Well, here's, here's one way of seeing things. No matter how much knowledge you have, if you refuse to leave your room, then nothing can happen. Steffi was telling me that on that one Friday night um, that I was uh, on Spaces with him, and I think you were there. I or think your best approach, Kareem, is to just go to some kind of yoga place where you can sign up for some classes. And I, the girl density on those places is absolutely crazy. Like you will find 30 girls and just one guy, so your competition is almost none, except for the lesbians. Which, if you are in a yoga place full of lesbians, you should probably go to another one. But, with that being said, yeah, yeah, right? With that being said, if you find a, a heterosexual yoga place, you will definitely get some girls. Okay. Just okay, by, but, that, by numbers. But, but everyone who's a speaker or, or everyone who's a speaker and, and a host, I, I think we have to do this. We need to get a consensus on mullet. Because I have one, and I want to know. Um, yeah, probably I want to know. that. But you know, Midas, if I walked into a yoga place and attempted this, I'm pretty sure everyone would think that like I'm just there to scope for girls, because like there's a certain type of person that would do that, and there's a certain type of person that wouldn't. You know what I mean? Like it would work for Kareem. It wouldn't work. It wouldn't work. I want a blue belt in jujitsu, so I wouldn't have. No, place. like no, 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 Kareem. Unless you want to marry a man. Um, you don't go to jujitsu classes for this. But I want my blue belt. I can't. I won't be able to riz up any girls if I don't have my blue belt. I'll just be a a white belt. Well, Bruce, what do you think? Is is his riz going to increase if he goes to like blue belt level or black belt or something? Um, I mean, B, I I did a lot of BJJ. I've done a bunch of competitions and things. But um, one of the most interesting things about BJJ is it's actually very close to sex. If you think about like the the manner of submission and the act of progressing through a positional hierarchy to getting to the back and controlling somebody um, from the middle of their body, it's it's very sexual. Like everything I learned in the jujitsu dojo, I applied in my relationships to like great effect. I want so, a like, blue belt. There's an overlap. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you can have one, but where do you train? Are you with the Gracies? Are you with the Draculinos? Where are you? Are you with the uh, with the Eddie Bravos? No, no, I wouldn't. I'm not Eddie Bravo. Uh, I'm not on the Eddie Bravo train. No, no, no. Okay. Which? What's your recommendation? Gracie seems like the most mainstream. I think you should uh, train at a Gracie Academy, but make sure you don't do no gi, and then also complement it with with uh, Danaher and Gordon Ryan DVD wait, sets. Wait, no, wait. Why no gi? Don't don't you want to climb up the ranks with gi first and then go no gi? Well, I mean, just in terms of like practical usage for on the street or whatever i feel like both. i feel like kareem has spent more time researching the nuances of which technique versus just doing the technique 
He's that kind of guy. He's um, like you could academics. probably just get on YouTube and just fucking roll around based on what somebody's videos are. <laughs> one of the most, just like you know, the most, safe, but but that's one exactly of the most the interesting problem. things when I trained uh, jujitsu was that in the academy I trained in, which was by the way in another country where nobody spoke English, which was interesting, but a few of them did. And um, one of the interesting things was that many of the black belts had almost no ability to verbalize what they were doing. They had learned to get to their level almost entirely by rote physical action, like just doing it again and again and again. Um, I don't know if any of you have trained, but like you learn basic things like shrimping away, moving away from somebody, creating distance, um, you know, getting, you, getting your hooks in, creating posts. You, you, create, you learn all these things all the time. But at a certain, like there's a, there's a very high percentage of people who just learn with their body without ever thinking about it. And it becomes a language of the body that they can't necessarily verbalize. And if you would ask them, like, what are the principles that mean this works? They're like, uh, you just put hand here. You just <laughs> like, that's, that's how they think about it. Um, so it's interesting because you have the guys who are academic, who can't apply it at all to real life. And then you also have in the gym, the guys who are literally black belt level, who have no ability to express what they're doing or why. Sefi, um, Sorry, uh, Sefi, I, I wrote down the uh, forest that you told me on my computer. What was that forest again? Wait, what? Forest? Forest what? in Canada. Oh, Canada. Yeah, you want to go to Banff. B-A-N-F-F. -F. Thank you, thank and, you. And, but, and Jasper. There's a place called the... There's a place you're going to like particularly. It is the um, Maligne Canyon. M-A-L-I-G-N-E. You want to go there for sure. Okay. Okay, cool. We're Banff is that lake that has all the mountains down, right? Real quick, thank you, thank you. Yeah, well, there's the emerald. Yeah, there's the lake. Yeah, oh, well, she left. Oh, there she is. <laughs> yeah, there's the lake, the famous lake there. Yes, in Banff National. What's it called? Like Lorraine or something? Whatever it is. Anyway, yeah. I don't know. I've been told to go there like five times, and I keep seeing pictures of it, and it looks like the most beautiful place in all of Canada. Bruce, you need to take. You're going to take your followers to um, Canada. To I don't have followers. I have friends. Your followers, your whatever you, whatever you call them today or tomorrow, take you're going to take them to um, Banff National Forest to the Emerald Waters of the Glaciers. I, I think the whole like concept of followers is really sickly. Like well, whatever I you call them, I wouldn't yeah. let anyone follow me who I wasn't willing to share a bed with. Like um, legitimately, if any of you want to come and visit me, if you want to stay with my family, you can. That's real. Why so, Trump is putting 100 symbols down there? Coach, real quick on the topic of black belts not being able to communicate. They some. do have bridges, though. But they no, do have I mean, bridges. I mean, some. Like one of the, yeah, one of the fundamental things you learn when you, when you deal with martial artists a lot is like the, the eerie martial artist stare or vibe. Like there are guys out there who are five foot two, who are like, um, you know, Thai guys. And maybe they've, they've trained Muay Thai or one of these like um, striking arts or something. And they have a definite like concrete vibe of like, I can kill you. And it's palpable and you can feel it. Um, the other interesting thing is that you learn when you, when you go to like, I don't know, when you train long-term martial arts and stuff, you learn that martial artists are the most benevolent and friendly people it's like it's entirely inverted i often think about a situation like um there's a martial artist 
and then there's a nerd, and they're both put in a situation of physical danger. The nerd would be the first to reach for his gun and shoot people because he feels like physically unsettled. He would be the one to kill everyone. He would be the one to be physically and emotionally and psychologically riled enough to overreact and end the lives of many people. But a martial artist would be much, much more likely to be calm because he is, he is more composed because he's learned that from regular combat, like the, the intensity and adrenaline of it. Um, and also simply he knows what to do. Right. And his calmness would be contagious. It's, to the extent that I don't I don't recall like the the details of any sociopath that, you know, you know how there's these like mass shootings and different things. I don't recall a single one where someone was like an, had high expertise in martial arts. Well, I, I mean, that's not like a good filter because <laughs> they're or fucking, whatever. They do it exactly. they're fucking weirdos. Exactly. But, um, but the sociopath weirdos don't do a lot of martial arts either. Is what I'm but saying. I mean, like, the, the one who knows how to fight, who is trained in it, is much less likely to escalate conflict. Also, also, yeah, and none of these school shooters had cauliflower ear. Which, which coach? What's your opinion for Riz related? Um, yeah, from, it's pretty good. It, it's yeah, pretty, it, I, it's a good sign, right? It's like a lion's mane. It's pretty good. I know many guys who like drained it out after sessions. And um, when I was training, I had one of those wrestler things that covered my ears. <laughs> Wait, so I never. I never what are you guys talking about? You like um, people who train grappling long-term bjj or sambo or wrestling tend to have cauliflower ears like the blown up ears the earlobes um around their ears because of so much rubbing of like the head the head the opponent's head against the ear and stuff which blows them up and as a result like it's become sort of a, a sign of, of prestige or of being a warrior with many fighters like if you look at the ufc or mma or um any kind of wrestling sport you see like the best guys all have pretty much cauliflower ears. It's hard to avoid over time. You can try and defeat it to some degree or postpone it to some degree by draining your ears with a needle, draining out the fluid every time it gets knocked. Um, and you can also, to some degree, try and postpone it by having like a, a wrestling, <laughs> I forgot what they call them exactly, like a wrestling thing with cups for the ears to protect them. This, this entire concept seems unacceptable to me. But it's like it's Steffi, like if, don't if you fight someone with cauliflower ear. It's basically have, like if you're at the if you're at the bar or the nightclub and uh, a guy has a problem with you and he has cauliflower ears, stay the fuck away. Yeah, give him Actually, your table at the club. Give him your table at the club. Have you guys read uh, Fight Love? Not not the movie, but actually the book. If you don't, well, there is another book by the same author by Chuck Palahniuk called uh, Nonfiction. And he explores, he's kind of like Coach Bruce in a way, because he explores like different communities. And there is a whole chapter where he's talking about this subculture of uh, wrestlers uh, with cauliflower um, ears and how they do all this kind of stuff. And it's like a pride symbol for them. Yep. It, it is for sure, to some degree. It's like your, it's like your stripes that isn't your belt. Yeah, I I have enough of an obsession with uh, sound and whatnot that like the idea that somehow is going to subject my no, it's not it's not the it's it's not the ear lobe or the function. It's just, it's mm. like the cartilage on the outside that gets knocked. I actually posted a picture of it and tried to put it in the in the top, but it won't it won't go up there. No, it's worked. Yeah, that's a that's a bad. If you look at anyone, if you look at the top, oh my God, fighters, that's definitely going to affect your hearing right there. Like, a little bit. <laughs> But you're, you're you know, but, but, by, for... but by then, by the time you have it, you just won't care about like pussy hobbies. You'll be doing more important things with your time. 
Hey guys, could I ask a question? Yeah. Go right ahead. All right. So it's, it's literally like my first panel, which I'm a part of. So that's like a new thing to me. I actually wanted to ask something like it's more of a, like more of an opinion. Um, like for example, I've been struggling, like, let's say starting from 20, 2017, like if you make it big, um, how do you justify making like let's say a purchase like not an investment how do you how do you justify like gifting yourself something like for example i'm not sure how to put it but like for example every time i think of something i really want especially after all the investing to like gift myself i always keep thinking like ah let's i shouldn't do it because if i just leave it in my investments it will 10 yeah, over time you, like you it's, have it's like very hard not sure you have a long it. you have a long time horizon kind of investor mentality so it's like it's good that yeah. you have like strong delayed gratification but then again it's like that type of mentality can also lead you to sort of just like skip out on a lot of your life <laughs> so probably the right yeah. thing to do is like um if you do really well like actually materialize that that you doing something with your money whether it's like even if it's not like for yourself, if it's charitable, give some stuff to your family or whatever, like do something. I think the way to, I, I would say the yeah. way to psychologically overcome it is to, to diversify into other assets like property. Yeah, or buy, buy your wife some like, like, you know, platinum jewelry or some shit. Then it feels like you're continuing yeah. to invest or maybe having like rental yield or whatever. It's at least it's going up yeah. and you feel like you, you're maintaining something. No, that's a very good point. But that's like, that, that's still be investing. Uh, so you're still, of course, like investing. But like the point is, what if you uh, like just just think about like for example, I've been investing in the crypto markets for like around eight years now. I'm sure most of you here have like a similar time horizon, maybe potentially longer. Uh, but like the thing is, for example, just just yeah, maybe a very stupid example. What if you really want a certain car, and like a car is in no way an investment? Uh, like how would you personally, if you'd really want, how would you approach it? Like. I've been thinking of getting like a, a finance plan. I've been thinking of just buying it outright. But if you buy it outright, like for example, just now before like a potentially very major bull run, like you can miss out on so much gains. And like, that's something like it, it would haunt me in my dreams. That's, that's yeah, this is not, this is not the time to go buying a car or something in my opinion, but I, I can talk about yeah. more about that. In a yeah, yeah. You ahead. know, it's funny is, is we were just looking at a house, buying another house in North Carolina. Yeah. And yep. like, yeah, I could pull out right now and buy that house. But it's like, dude, I could go buy if if this is truly the bull market that we think. Yeah, even if it's time. even yeah. if it's a quarter, I'll I'll be able to buy ten of those homes. So yeah, it's exactly. like that's the risk to reward, right? But I think when yeah. you're when you're looking at things in that like the 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 it's the velocity and then the the duration, right? So like Sefi and I have talked about this a few different times on these spaces like depending on how fast we pump and how hard we pump will dictate like how aggressively you should be taking profits and just from firsthand experience like buying real estate is never a bad idea it's just like a bank account but you know it's something that someone can't tank from take from you so anyway i think that you know 2024 all year is going to be a crazy year so it's kind of like don't don't even think about selling just hold chill and Mm. uh until until you start seeing retail you know, like I, I've I've just seen a lot of these like Reddit pages and shit like that. Like, there's no comments on anything from retail. Like, they were at like a couple hundred comments where peak bull market Logan. was like fucking ten thousand. Logan, when yeah. you buy that when you buy that house in North Carolina, can I live in it? 
<laughs> yeah, bro, you can have the, be, uh, the basement. Can I be your little cleaner, wear a dress, and make sure it's well maintained? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, then, yeah. like, let's say from the other end, like, I'm also, like, I do have my, like, do I have a couple Ethereum uh, nodes? So, like, the point is what also another option could be, like, just thinking out loud. Like, let's say you, you get a finance plan for the car, and then you can just use part of the, let's say, let's call it dividends, but the staking rewards just to, like, the plan that's it can i still can i tell you my other can i tell you my other intuition yeah yeah go ahead sure yeah i think you need to admit to yourself that you just don't really give a fuck about material possessions Uh, and i think i think you you have an an idea you have an idea in your head that you should be treating yourself well and buying things in reality i just don't think that's you i don't think you care and i think that's that's fine i like when i had when i had like pretty much eight figures of, of wealth uh, last bull market, I bought a laptop. That was it. I just, I realized even then, though I had like the amount of money to spend on stuff, I just don't care. And I think that's fine. Yeah, that's a very good point. Here, and I think- thing. Here's another yeah. thing too, man. Like think about this way too. Like, so yeah, I sure. bought a car just like over the summer. I bought a Porsche 718 Spider. It's pretty fucking yeah. cool. Oh, that's, that's fucking cool. Yeah, it is. Hey, it's, uh, and- I truly enjoy it a lot. Like, like any excuse I can have to put the top down, even if it's a fucking freezing or something, I don't care. It's just awesome. It, I really like it a lot. And um, it's, but you know, the thing is, I'm really, really picky. Like, for me to buy a car requires a, you know, usually every ten years or so, something interesting comes out where yeah. I feel like yeah. worthy yeah. bothering. Otherwise, I just rather drive a piece of shit and not worry about it. But mm. when you when you buy this type of thing, you end up having to do like a lot of work to maintain it and look at it and like clean it and whatever the fuck else. So. The thing is, like, it's like if you buy something expensive like that, it becomes like a thing you have to worry about and mess with and yeah, figure out what you're going to get. A better, yeah. a better way to say that is it becomes your master. So, like, yeah, it's a master yeah. of your time. It, it does become a master of your time. It's like, oh, if I leave the, you know, wheels without cleaning for a certain period well, of time. Well, not, oh, not even that, bro. You park in a parking shitty. lot. You park in a parking lot. Like, fuck, I don't want to park next to someone. I don't want them to hit exactly. me. I remember yeah, the first yeah. time when I got a when I got a nice and when the M4s first came out, I got an M4. And yeah, uh, by coincidence, that that's like the car I have in mind. I mean, that's yeah, that's M4, like, M4s are phenomenal. It's, it's man. an that's amazing like best, fucking car. That's yeah. the best car, best bang for the buck in that that price range, yeah. without a doubt. Yeah, hands yeah. Down. yeah but I was in a, I was in a yeah. parking lot. You know, I was in a parking lot, and and it was like a grocery store parking lot. And and I I you know go in gro- grocery store, come back to my car, and there's this like fucking uh like hex shaped imprint in the back of my bumper and it's from a shopping cart you know some asshole just like let the shopping cart go and it fucking like engraved (laughs) you know what are those like hexagon shapes from the shopping carts in there and it cost me like you know fucking 1200 bucks to like fix the bumper or whatever it was and then you know just just things like that when you have a nice car it's like Bro, maybe they do, can't. they do cost maybe a lot. it was maybe it was richard hart just giving you a message you know yeah, like richard hart bro yeah. he came after me <laughs> but, but really, yeah. actually you you will spend quite a lot on these things like between tires no, of course, of course. That, yeah you have a lot of follow-up bullshit so that's why of course it's it's gonna eat up a chunk of the staking rewards so that's but that's then unfortunate because you could also diversify uh, the second reward yeah but it's like at that like at, at the end of the day like you only live once like life is short look, i mean look, that's, look here's I'll, yeah. give, I'll give you my next my first piece of advice was that you don't care my first my next piece oh, of, of course, advice is start small like go to the shop and buy a chocolate bar and eat it <laughs> yeah no but that's yeah <laughs> no, like, I, I, I can, I can picture you now you're in like a very like 
um, simple room. Like there's not much around you really. Generally, you have quite a basic life. You go for walks and stuff. Just just go to the shop and no, buy a chocolate bar. That's not no. That's what I mean. Like I'm, I'm I don't care. I'm 28. In, I I'm bought my house in, at 24. No, with, yeah. I'm talking in symbols. Go to the bar. Go to the shop. Go to the shop and buy a chocolate bar and like spend one minute enjoying <laughs> it with your eyes closed, yeah. and say to yourself, "I'm a good boy. I deserve this." No, I get what you're saying. Like we should enjoy the small things, uh, of course. Well, but well, no, yeah. you just need to get in the habit of enjoying anything. You know, like, like so much of that's crypto good, is just so much of crypto is just pain, dude. And like, everyone's like, "Are are, are you pulling?" Well, like I've had I've had very like rich friends be like, "Oh, dude, it's time to pull out." And if I would have pulled out, I would have been down like another th- like I would have been you know lost like three hundred grand in value. But everyone's playing musical chairs here. Like to think that it's not a stressful industry, yeah. like you're fucking crazy, bro. So no, you're definitely right. Yeah, I'm just saying, like, if if there's a if there's like a a thing you're thinking about like a car and that's causing like a, a big dilemma and a paradox just like go small buy it buy it like go back yeah. to your childhood buy a remote control car and drive it like up an old lady's leg <laughs> yeah no, so i actually did get myself an entire sim racing rig and like in, inside of the rig like it's a i mean it's not a very i mean yeah i mean doesn't matter what it costs but like in the rig i got the m4 just to i mean it's yeah it sounds silly but yeah like it's like yeah like i'm trying to either justify buying the car or i'm trying to understand like do i really need this do i really want this yeah, i mean it's well, here's, uh, here's well, another idea consuming a lot of my time let's say just yeah. here's another idea buy a gopro set up your gopro near a homeless person uh go up to them give them loads of like packets of crisps and drugs and stuff put them in a hotel room for a, a day uh say i'm going to change your life and, and pay for everything from now on and then never speak to them again and get a viral video I mean, <laughs> what you need to do is get into the habit of having a fun treat every day. Um, and if you can't make yourself have a fun little treat, then you need to find someone that will have a fun treat for you, like an Eastern European wife. Of you the mean internet. like, you mean, just be more specific. I'd rather, you mean I'd like have a prostitute. Eastern wife. That's not the issue. But like, the thing is, like, whatever you do, whatever you get, everything, like, you get used to whatever. Like, even if, let's say, uh, like, 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 if you want a car and you get a car, you get used to the car in two months. I'm totally aware of how that works, but I mean, it's yeah, it's. How Why to don't you get your wife some more fun treats? Mm. Then? Why don't you get her a little little surprise? Why don't you go on holiday? Oh, here's an idea. Fun you could treat. you could hire a like. Sometimes people don't want to buy material things because they figure it's like bad for their output financially or whatever. You could hire a small Vietnamese guy to come live with you and he could walk on your back and use his elbows on your muscle knots and stuff. And then you could justify it and say like, because he's reducing my tension, then I'm going to be more productive. Yeah, that's a very good way to look at it. I agree, actually. Yeah. No, that's a good point. I, I reckon like start smaller and start with things that are good for you. Like, well, yeah, the thing is like, yeah, no, understand. Like, for example, I, I picked up going to the gym three months ago after like a one and a half year break. I lost a couple of pounds already. So that's, I've been totally doing these kind of things, but like, I, it feels like, um, like it's, it, it just, yeah, I mean, don't want to keep talking about this nonsense, but like, it just keeps, I, I keep feeling like it's time to get something big for myself. Like it's, it, even if it wouldn't mm-hmm. be. I mean, how much money are we talking, thing, I mean, bro? How much what money about are we like talking? a, what about like a big weapon? 
what do you, uh, I live in the Netherlands, like, so that's not an like option. A, like I, a katana yeah. or something? Or no, what? I was thinking like one, you know, one of those medieval things with like a a big oh, chain like and a ball yeah. at the end with spikes. And yeah, he spins yeah. it around like he goes into like where his haters are and he fucking spins it around. <laughs> and... No, that sounds cool as fuck. No, I, I actually I did look into some authentic katanas, uh, but then I, at the end of the day, it's still gonna become either a collector's item or an investment and you're going to hang it along on, on the wall i mean it's it's like no, it's fucking sure, cool like, i've never like yeah. with whatever katanas i have i like you know it's funny like i'll throw up like a fucking gigantic fruit, yeah. like a watermelon or some shit and cut it in half in midair that's a lot of fun it's like that yeah, game, like fruit right? like fruit ninja back like in the day ninja, yeah that's, but actually that's cool. doing it yeah, yeah. you can't zara? just put your thing as an investment oh, you have to actually hold on hold on hold on hold on zara you here yeah, I love Sorry, do you ever do you believe that Sefi has ever thrown a watermelon in the air melon in the air and cut it with a sword? <laughs> yes. Yeah, of course. I keep a sword That's next to my bed, He probably has like a special room in his house and he has a big array of watermelons and mangoes. No, it's called my bedroom. Fruit. It's right next to my bed. Well, you wouldn't do that because your wife wouldn't be having that. Can so you can ridiculous. you send a pic of sword in DMs? <laughs> yeah, I'll make a I'll find it. I'll make a pic <laughs> of it, yeah. Send me DM. I've never taken a picture of this sword. No, I, just I, I feel like maybe the soul, the soul will be taken out of it if I take a picture. No, no, no. Just send it to me in Telegram, then you can delete it. It's fine. Okay. All right. Thanks. Yeah, is so it a real sharp sword, though, or is it one of those then, like no. doll swords? Then I can say to everyone, like, verify it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're the arbiter of truth. Yes. Oh, here's can another idea you? for our, our yeah, uh, bullish bull. Um, Another idea is like it's well known and studied now that every inch of additional height can gain you like ten thousand a year in salary. Um, so one thing you could do is spend a hundred thousand to go to Russia and get limb lengthening surgery, get your legs extended over about three months, about one millimeter a day, uh, get them screwed back together, come back like a fucking giant. We've done at least cool. two spaces. There's archived at least two spaces on how to do this. We've done this discussion. Uh, bullish. We we know all about well, the work. Sounds good. All look right. up limb. Look up limb lengthening surgery. You want to go to Russia. You want to avoid Turkey. Turkey does a shitty job. They tend to get infections on the screws and stuff. You want to go to Russia. That's what I did. Have you looked this up, Bruce? Like doing it for yourself? Uh, well, unfortunately, I'm I'm an adequate height, but I have looked it up a lot for people what, I love. What what is adequate height? Like five ten, five eleven, six foot? Where are you at, Bruce? Uh. I'm relatively large, but I can I can assist if you need help. Well, I'm just asking, like, wait, when you say normal height, I like, I'm I'm six foot one, which would suggest me to to get no, it done. Bro. I don't know. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like okay. like you can always be bigger, and your your domination and your occupation of space will always be a thing that is seen as powerful <laughs> by others. Just get bigger, bro. Get as big as possible. Turn into a fucking giant. Get big. Like, gym is not enough. You need to be occupying more bone space. That's Good true. point, bro. Uh, we do have a giant here in the Netherlands. He's called the Dutch giant. That guy is... I know. Uh, in, in Europe, yeah. in Europe, the, the, the price of your sports cars and things have plummeted. So, technically speaking, uh, get yourself a get yourself a 718 Spider. Forget the BMW. Trust me on this. You, you'll yeah, you'll, you'll, you'll like, always yeah. like it. You like literally. You, like there is no like there's no getting used to it type of thing. This like I've had a lot of. Oh, shit it, it'll hold its value ten times yeah, better. I, too. BMWs lose a lot of their value. Yeah, yeah. Like the spider will hold its value. True. No, you make a good point. Like I I do know a couple BM guys which eventually moved to Porsche and like they they made a move and never looked back. 
So my um, son, so like most well, like my, my, my son was like, I was looking at some different cars and things and I was like, Hmm, what to get this and that. And he's like, dad, you know, like, you're going to really, really like this convertible. You're going to like the seven, like this thing. And I'm like, I don't know, like really, maybe I was sort of like overthinking it and stuff. He's like, no, you have to buy it. You have to buy it, blah, blah, blah. So finally I did. Yeah. Um, and, uh, like, and he was right. Like the, the, not only do I love it, but the, um, it, the, the, the interesting, they turned out to be the financially responsible choice because it's the thing that went down the least of anything. So yeah, I think as far as right. it doesn't break down on you. Yeah, definitely. Well, no, it's, the uh, Porsches will last like, so it's not like BMW. I've had BMWs and the problem is they just break down all the time. The Porsches will go like hundreds of thousands of miles and do really well. Like people, like it's should, the second most reliable thing next to like a Toyota or something. It's amazing. No, you make a very good point. But did you have M cars or like, let's say, yeah, yeah, normal? I had like an M, like okay. I don't know, some with the was it the X the X five M or some shit? Like I don't know. It's been a long time, oh, but yeah. it's yeah, it, yeah, yeah. No, you, I you blow it. a lot of money. Oh, you make on, a good like, point. Repairs, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, here's another thing you could do. You could you could. Uh advertise that you're like a wealthy investor on twitter write some tweets be like i am nft collector i have uh many bitcoin puppets and nfts <laughs> and also x amount of staked eth i am willing to fly out the first female that contacts me and you can do things that was good man yeah do some stuff together with the wife yeah, have adventures experiment rather, a bit rather than possessions have adventures you know. No, definitely. No, you're right. That's actually. I'm like, not sure if you're sarcastic, but but that's definitely right. Like, I do. I, agree. I well, I I personally realize they have no interest in material things. Like even when I had many many millions of dollars, I just didn't care. Um, but what I do like is yeah. adventures. So I gave myself permission to like travel much more. Um, Bruce, I was able to convince Zintani to get out of her room. And go like drive to Utah, where her like police tickets are like for stealing a library book, or like she has to pay off for a couple thousand bucks. And then from there, go to like Yellowstone Park, and then drive to Canada to Banff National Forest and beyond. Uh, so she's actually organizing it right now while we're talking. That's, That's nice. No, but I do agree. Like I also feel like whenever I travel, every time I come back, I come back like a slightly different person. If that makes any sense, like yeah, like more trauma. <laughs> yeah, I'd say like uh, no trauma. Nah, it's how to put it. I felt I felt great, Bruce, after coming back from France. Yeah, for sure. Like you mean but, like whenever you travel, you come back like a little bit more racist or whatever. Yeah, a little bit it more. Depends where you go, I'd say. But if you go to France, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. Like, not sure if there are French people in here, but I've been to France a couple of times and like, I just absolutely hated why, like how the native people just mm. refuse to speak English. Like it's horrific. I didn't have this problem at all. Like, I, like, I don't know. Like, yeah, people I, say I, that, I did, man. Nobody, like, like uh, I never spoke French once. When I, I don't believe there. you. Like, I didn't, I, I, like, I didn't even say, I don't no, even I really don't say thank you now. Yeah. But Sefi, you, you, you toured around France in a limousine with, 10 filipinos serving you everything you needed <laughs> yeah, out of a half cut up like melon that's part of it no but 
the funny thing is like if, for example you're you're speaking english to to someone uh, and like he's he'll talk back to you speaking french and then you'll reply back in english and then he'll keep talking in french like he definitely understands what you're saying and can possibly speak english but he still refuses to talk english like it's oh my god yeah that's the vibe i try to project is like you're an imbecile if you don't speak english to me so therefore get on with it i'm judging yeah, you. So yeah, they're, they're, i look at them a certain way and they know they're being judged right mm. so I, it what is that concept? Right. I think, isn't it like a Douglas Adam concept or something? That like, uh, like a fish in the air or something. What is that? Oh, the Babel fish. Yeah, like the thing that's that Douglas translates Adams. any language. Is that correct? Yeah, I've never read his books, but I've yeah, Babel it. fish. It's the Douglas that's, Adams. Yeah. That's almost here. Coming. Yes. Yeah. But like Sophie and Bruce, like for example, what would, what would your like? What's your goal? Do you like indefinitely just keep on accumulating wealth, or like how do you how do you Plan for on, me this like, whole thing is just this, how the do crypto you, thing yeah, is just this has been a video game for the past like like yeah. 20 years like since the late 90s and whatever like since the internet and everything all of this is just one gigantic video game to me like it's just Understand. an extension it's an extension of mmo video games it's like what crypto is to me it's fun Understand? no that's yeah, that's a good way to look at it but like uh, like for example if you keep growing like like i'm not unaware of how your wealth looks like if you're at eight nine potentially ten figures like how do you adapt your life to that like do you just keep living the simple life or do you at some point only thing differently i did is spend more time on twitter spaces the more money i got it's weird yeah i've said it often before about sefi it's like if this guy has 11 figures he will still spend 11 hours on space <laughs> talking, talking to, talking the more to it goes up, retards, like, by the way. Yeah, I might just be stuck in here forever, like perpetually. <laughs> Which is fine. I think it's fine. Um, personally, I'm, I'm just here to, to spread spirituality. I don't care about crypto. Gotcha. In the, in the Buddhist scriptures, it says like, if you are to go somewhere to spread the message and to spread the word and the principles and the way of meditation, go to the the most sordid possible place, the darkest possible place, because that is the place where the light is needed the most. And in many ways, that is the place where people are the most ready from having hit absolute rock bottom. So I'm here under the guise of being a crypto influencer, but in reality, trying to spread spiritual principles. Yeah, for me, it's like, it's like, um, this is no different from being in like, a kind of a guild in a video game, like, like in an MMO type of environment. It's like, yeah, like uh, World of Warcraft, I get it. Yeah, I was before World of Warcraft. I was like, I didn't play too much of that. But like, the point is same concept. And it's mm. like, no, Sefi is like, coming from the, the model of reality of, of like, you are all my opponents to defeat in a game. Whereas I'm coming from the model of like, I am trying to save everyone. No, it's different, different, Bruce. It's actually, uh, so the, what I like to play in video games is not the group versus each other. It's the group versus the game. So to me, it's like, it's more of like that wag me type of idea, like where like you and your group are there to beat the game somehow. Not so much like I'm here to beat you. But what about your other clans? What about like, the, the nature of crypto? What about the other holders? Mm -hmm. What about the alliances versus the horde? There's always, yeah. there's always both. In, in any balanced game, there's always both. Yeah, like I've never liked the, um, the sort of like, like chess as much or things that were more like 
pure player versus player. I like the ones where if the group does well, then everyone does well and you're playing against the game. There's definitely my, I, I despise the, uh, in fact, that the complete opposite, I would, I would just completely go away from things that were like competitive versus individuals. Mm. Which wasn't my, I didn't like it at all. You don't like, um, how are you with conflict and arguments? Uh, what do you mean? Like, do you, do you stay away from them or do you get engaged? Largely stay away. Uh, I like the opposite of that. Like where, like the, the, the most, like the nirvana, if there was one, is like if you're in a game of some kind, you're with a group and everyone knows exactly what to do, how to do it. And they're able to communicate with each other in like a cohesive way. And there's like, like when you're at the top of your game doing that, it's like, um, I don't know what, like, what's the, you're on that frequency, you're on that, um, it's like Nirvana. That's like, that's what it is to me. No, good point. But like, let's say at the end of the day, uh, like, for example, in crypto, potentially a good example, like you still have the, the bulls versus the bears. Like if you're a perma bull, like uh, you, you could still see it as two different groups. Yeah, I guess so. Like, I don't get, like, I've never gotten too, too, like, tribal with this thing like oh your coin and my coin and you have to you know yours yours has to go down while mine goes up or whatever mm. Don't about that much uh and the this kind of like um the, yeah the the bull versus bear argument i definitely don't enjoy posting about stuff going down so it's like definitely i'm more bull <laughs> but yeah what, likewise hence about, my name what about the time you caused the ust dpeg Sefi? did you feel guilty or was that just another game mm. Well, I, I felt like the, the game uh, attacked us in that sense. Yeah, I got a question. And, and sometimes that happens in video games, Bruce. You'll spend the entire week preparing for a thing, and you'll, your entire group will just get wiped out, and that was just kind of normal. You just got used to that. And then you just immediately got ready again the next week and did it all again and went, won the next time. So I think that's one of the things that uh, video games prepares you for is like, a, a long time horizon preparation you get everything going as good as you possibly can and you still lose and you have to get back in into the saddle and do it again um, yeah I, I know that feel because i too have been an elite chess player and an elite age of empires one player oh age of empires one my life my wife liked that game a lot Anyway, but sometimes, yeah, like then, sometimes the map loads and they just have a better resource distribution and there's nothing you can do. Oh, that's a good point. That, that starts at birth, I'd say, but yeah, good point. You work with yeah. what you have and you think about probabilities rather than yep. absolute. Everybody works with what they have pretty much. Yeah. It's all you can do, really. And, so, sometimes, and a lot of this stuff is luck. Like, for example... Um, I don't know, like one of the things I got into this season was um, like Kujira, for example. Why did I even bother getting to this? Like kind of because I got the airdrop from my Terra crash thing and my like I got a bunch of Kuji tokens and so number goes up. And that's it. Like, you know, would I have necessarily spent a lot of time there if it wasn't for that? Maybe, maybe not. I'm not sure. But like, and then there's another one like Zephyr, whatever, like up just happens to mention it in space. And next thing you know, I bought a you know, bunch of that and, you know, here we are and whatever. So a lot of it's just straight luck. Like it just happens that up happened to notice it. And it just so happens that he mentioned it to me. And I, it just so happens I bothered to actually listen to him and actually 
you know, you know, decide to buy it that day or whatever. And it's not like everything everyone mentions. So much luck involved. Just like it's the randomness within your own head too. It's like, you know, like you you're chilled all sorts of stuff every day. And like what makes one thing something you decide to buy and one thing something you didn't? It might just be your mood that day. It could be or like maybe you ate something, your stomach hurts or something. Like <laughs> it could be anything. I get what you're saying, but I, I gotta like I have to disagree with saying that it's luck. Like for example, you have to be open for it. If you're not open to like whatever it may be in life, like we can yeah. even even like even if you talk about girls, like you're always very pessimistic or like very sad or like if you think you're like a Fergus speech, you think you're ugly or whatever, like whatever it may be, like you're never gonna get your dream girl. Like you have to make it happen. I mean, like yeah, it's very it's... very silly example, but like same goes with crypto. You have to create Linus... your own luck. But, yeah. I think it was like Linus Pauling or somebody that said like serendipity favors the prepared mind. So yeah, that's true. But still, you never get rid of the luck part entirely. Like you know, how, like... no, no, no. Of course. It, I mean, I you, you it, might it, say something very, of, very yeah. interesting that changes my life an hour from now. I have no idea that that's gonna happen for sure. Like. You know, like you know, maybe it, maybe something happens. Maybe you see my point. Like it's like every moment no, is an element of, yeah. of like arbitrariness to to life. It's like something that you don't know is going to be you're going to experience an hour from now or a day from now or whoever. And um, like when 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 Zin was like, "Oh, I'm going to drive to Utah and whatever else," like in my head, I'm I'm thinking, "Oh, I should go and drive somewhere now." Like you know, like like had it not been for that conversation, yeah. my mind wouldn't be there. Yeah, so. No, I get what you're saying. I don't get what you're saying. No, it makes a good point. Like, for example, if if like if the entire group talks about going to the gym and like you haven't gone for half a year, like it might spark you to to go to your nearest gym and start working out. Yeah, like it could be bad though, because like the other day, Sefi was talking about smoking, and then I went and bought a cigarette, and that was pretty fucking stupid. <laughs> yeah, good point. Wait, did you really? But did you roll your cigarette? I did, yeah. I bought uh, Rizzlers and these some of the local tobacco. It was really nice. Thank you. You even made that clip the other day. That that almost made me buy rolling cigarettes just so I could see if I could roll a perfect one and tap Man, it down when, with my finger. When Sefi started speaking about how good smoking was again, I I just like <sighs> I went for it. Like I couldn't. I couldn't hold back at that point. I was like, I've got to fucking start smoking again. I only had a pack, only a pack. But yeah, like I'm just saying, bad things can happen if you listen to people on Spaces for sure. Like it's not all good. You got to stay away from the the people who encourage yeah. forms of sin. You never know when, like, whatever someone says has the opposite effect of what you think it's going to have. Yeah, or you could meet people who make you believe that crypto is the highest meaning in life and investment and making money is all there is and you've got to learn about all these crypto things and whatever like and that can make you a severely imbalanced uh weirdo who is incapable of getting off his phone or being in the present and that's a big risk that's what someone in here has done to all of us mm -hmm. it's happened already yeah welcome to the club what the fuck is crypto Zara doesn't even know anything about crypto and she's here. These um these spaces are really like typically one or two people who are trying to justify their behavior on an ongoing basis and to justify it they try and convince others that their actions or their way of living has a, a core meaning. And then you have a space and then a space is like 
a collective reinforcement of the delusion that what we are all doing has some meaning. That's all it is. Like, there's nothing else happening here. It's all silly. Hey, Bruce, you sound just like... Uh, I think all, all we need to know is, is Link going to hit 100 this year or no? What, what did you say, Morty? I said you sound just like Tristan Tate. Uh, there's a reason for that. <laughs> hey, question, uh, Sefi. I got an overall question about the overall market, actually. Let's say uh, BTC is absolutely running, and let's say we get a pullback with just BTC. Wouldn't that bring down Link also with it? Or how do you feel about that? Yeah, pretty much that's what will happen. Um, <laughs> pretty much, yes. Yes. And then, like, but the reason why I asked that is because Link hasn't even really moved yet. We're just kind of stagnating below 21. Yeah, I think, I think things are about to launch soon. So it's just a matter of waiting. Interesting. Well, I just keep loading up my bags. I bought some more this morning, anyways. Oh, okay. All right. Now, these things you just have to be patient. Don't worry about it too much. Uh, everything looks like it's going to go up. Not worried about it at all. Cool. Just like and, I'm, not uh, touching, yeah, Bruce. I'm touching almost nothing anymore. Like just, just you know, by summer I think you'll be impressed. Is my thinking. Yeah. Right now I'm just loading up every paycheck I got into crypto. Fuck it. Yeah. Is that is that right, uh, Tristan Tate? I'm pretty much Morty. Like pretty much personified precisely what Bruce said. A few moments ago, which is beautiful. What about retail? Retail? I actually can't hear him. Oh, um, some... do you mean more bullish ball can't hear Morty or what? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, you got to rejoin sometimes, or both of you have to rejoin. Okay, I'll try to I hear, I, I hear him, but I don't think you can hear me. Okay, you got to rejoin them. Bullish. Send it. We have to get back to a habit of like. Following back to actual humans in this, like, app. but spaces, I would say, are the best place to get, um, yeah, people to find people because, uh, willingness to speak. So it's, uh, I, I didn't know that. It's okay, <laughs> it's also my first, so it's fine. There's this principle in like Taoism where it's like the more you fight something, the more like the opposite of what you want, like just inevitably it kind of starts to happen. There's this principle in like Taoism where it's like the more you fight something, the more like the opposite of what you want, inevitably it kind of starts to happen. Tripping on the bird app, listening to nerds flap, wondering why the fuck my timeline's so cursed. It's like everybody's holding heavy bags in Web3. That's why they can't fly, they just drowning in the bird bath, fishing for some dry powder. Watch how we ignite the tower, blowing up the bank accounts, forgetting how to fight the power. Y'all don't even realize how deep this shit goes. They preaching open sauce, but don't listen to the code, and now it's mutiny, community, uprise. There's no more humility, futility, plus size. Motherfuckers leaking from the wrench down to the bare metal. Which side the line you bleeding out on when the dust settles? Motherfucking west side shit, needle and noose, sticking with my armory, yam, beta, and Bruce, repping psychedelic artistry, believing the truth, like these motherfuckers even need a reason to sue? GM fam. Is it really worth all the effort? Is it really worth all the fighting? Is it really worth all the 
drama? And the answer, I think, is a clear no. They started using Zoom, now we finna zoom out Teaching all these plebidites what this game's really all about Little baby bitches when they choose to have fits All you're left with is kibble when you lose all them bits And that kibble's just sawdust, the shit is all rust Not a great look, you're what we call all nuts And I for one did not see that coming Cracking open books, yo, that's a lot of money Meanwhile over here rewiring features More critical thinking, less knee jerk More evolution, less shit coin Preachers pretending to be teachers Y'all just predatory leeches I mean please, just look at the track record A bunch of VC rat fucks Sucking up the cheddar, the recipe is two steps Rinse and repeat Now we all in your butts And we bring in receipts GM fam, have a seat If you're listening to this, my, my plea to you it would be like don't have, don't, don't have to take a side on it Just say like, is it really, is it really worth this war of attrition? It might cost us a lot more than what can be gained by like fighting this to the better end. And sometimes it's better to just like move on. Ten spaces.